Thursday morning, December the 7th, it is the Feast of St. Ambrose of Milan. Let's pray through his intercession together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, you promise salvation through the gift of your own Son. Strengthen us in hope for his coming. You chose Mary, daughter of Israel, to receive your word in faith. Strengthen us in joy as we look toward the fulfillment of your promises. You sent messengers before him to announce the good news of his coming. Strengthen us in willingness to hear the gospel proclaimed and preached. God of all grace, you poured out your Holy Spirit into St. Ambrose, that he might preach and teach and sing your praises with wisdom and eloquence. Through the message he proclaimed, make each generation holy through fidelity to Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen. St. Ambrose of Milan pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being with us here on a Thursday morning. It's uh, it's always good to know that, uh, you know, you're with us. We can't see you, but I sort of sense you through the power of the airwaves. I get the vibe that you're out there, and I am happy that you are here. Up this hour, I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman at the controls. Travis has a video feed going, and you can see it in the sh- uh, show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. We'll talk about St. Ambrose. He is a doctor of the church, as Dr. Matthew Bunsen's promos say. So we got to have Dr. Matthew Bunsen on to talk about him. Uh, Carlo Broussard is going to be along from Catholic Answers to talk more about gender identity questions. Father Robert Nixon will discuss abstinence in the writings of St. Albert the Great. And then pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast will look at the Holy Father's prayer intention for the month of December, which has to do with caring for those with disabilities. So a jam-packed hour this morning. Stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. The Israel-Hamas war is now entering its second month. Israel says its forces are operating in the heart of southern Gaza's main city as it's believed Hamas leaders are being housed in the area. The United Nations said Israel's ground invasion is creating an increasingly apocalyptic situation for Palestinians in the southern part of the region as food, water and medicine are running very low. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said his forces must retain security control over the Gaza Strip even after the war is over. Pope Francis made another request for prayers for peace in the world during his general audience yesterday. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tullock reports. Although the Pope is continuing to recover from bronchitis and so did not read his catechesis aloud at the general audience, he did take the microphone to express his closeness to those who are suffering from war in many countries across the globe. Let us not forget to pray for those who suffer from the tragedy of war, in particular the peoples of Ukraine, Israel and Palestine. War is always a defeat. No one has anything to gain from war. It is a defeat for everyone, except for the weapons manufacturers. More than 16,200 Palestinians, two-thirds of them women and children, have been killed in the Israeli offensive in the Gaza Strip so far. 
The offensive is retaliation for a rampage by Hamas militants who killed more than 1,000 Israelis and abducted 240 others on the 7th of October. That was Joseph Tullock reporting. The Israel-Hamas war was a big topic during the fourth Republican primary debate in Alabama. On the News Nation debate, Governor Ron DeSantis said President Biden has empowered Iran and has not acted with more force when they attack American soldiers through proxies. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie blasted DeSantis for avoiding the question about using American troops in the conflict, something Christie says he would do as the commander-in-chief. Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy said we need to engage terrorists everywhere, including on the southern border. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley said the U.S. needs to punch harder against Iran. At least three people are dead after an active shooting event at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Police say a fourth person is in critical condition at a local hospital. The shooter is dead. Former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy said he will resign from Congress at the end of the year. More from Mark Mayfield. This comes after McCarthy was the first Speaker of the House to be ousted from power in the middle of their congressional term. He was ousted by a small minority of conservative Republicans. In an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, McCarthy said he's decided to leave the House to serve America in new ways. I'm Mark Mayfield. The presidents of three top universities are coming under fire for refusing to explicitly say whether calls for the genocide of Jewish people violate campus rules on harassment. New York Republican Elise Stefanik asked the question directly to the presidents of Harvard, MIT and Penn during a congressional hearing this week. All three presidents said the answer depended on the context. The confrontation prompted fierce criticism from lawmakers on both sides of the aisle and from the White House. The University of Notre Dame will have a new leader next school year. The Board of Trustees has elected Holy Cross Father Robert Dowd to succeed Father John Jenkins. He's currently the vice president of the university and a professor of political science. And Norman Lear is being remembered as a pioneer who brought previously taboo subjects into America's living rooms. His breakthrough show, all in the Family dealt with religion like no other TV show had done previously, featuring numerous heated and sometimes humorous debates between Protestant Archie Bunker and his atheist son-in-law Michael, along with the Bunker's Catholic next-door neighbors. Archie showed his softer side in an episode where Stretch Cunningham died. Archie never knew Stretch was Jewish until he was asked to deliver the eulogy for his best friend. Other Norman Lear shows included Maude, The Jeffersons, and Sanford and Son. Lear died at the age of 101. I have a complicated set of reactions to this. You know, Maude was one of the ones, uh, it's a show that that sort of tried to humanize and normalize uh, abortion decisions as mm-hmm. well, if you recall, because Maude got pregnant and didn't feel, like, right. she felt like she was too old to handle a baby. Yeah, and uh, at the end, everybody's like saying "awe," and the electric piano comes in, and the audience applauds. Yeah, this there's is, a this there's is a lot that Matt, Norman maybe, Lear did. This might be a bigger stuff. conversation that, that you and I need we to have. We had a at bigger conversation yesterday about yeah. it with King Craycraft during a local hour during our pledge drive. Yeah, um, this is yeah, why we have it, a cultural analyst <laughs> on. Well, it is amazing in the mix the power of media. The, the power the of storytelling. Yeah. If the power of storytelling wasn't amazing, Anna Mitchell, the journey home wouldn't be on heading into its 27th year next year. Yeah. Yeah. The power of storytelling matters. 
It really and does. Very often it is used Indeed. for things that it should not be Indeed. used for. Indeed. Well, we're happy to have you along with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show on a Thursday morning. Thank you so much for joining us. It's eight past. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Matthew Bunsen, Vice President and Editorial Director of EWTN News. Good morning, Doc. Good morning. Good to be with you. It is good to have you. And we are talking about St. Ambrose of Milan today, a bishop and doctor of the church. How did he get to be Bishop of Milan? <laughs> well, that's one of those uh, stories that I don't think he ever saw coming. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, born as uh, uh, very famously into a very powerful family uh, in Gallia, Belgica, which would be pretty much modern Germany, and was groomed for high office uh, because of uh, the family connections and because of his own talent. And he was sent uh, in expectation for even higher rank uh, to the north of uh, Italy uh, in the area around Milan, which at that time was one of the great political centers in the whole of the Western Empire, uh, with the expectation that uh, he would serve as uh, governor and uh, perhaps even more in terms of uh, like power as uh, one of the major figures in uh, the empire in the West, as I was saying. He arrived in a city that was bitterly divided uh, because of the Arian heresy. And uh, as governor, what was called Emilia Liguria, uh, it was his job to try to bring peace uh, to the, the capital of the Roman West. The bishop uh, passed away. They needed a new one. And a crowd, by every account, uh, decided that he was actually the best person for the job. It is said that uh, a child perhaps even started the chant, Ambrose Bishop, Ambrose Bishop, which was then taken up by everyone in the crowd. And sure enough, uh, he discovered that he had just been asked to become the Bishop of Milan. And what had to proceed from there to make that happen? (laughs) Well, Ambrose being uh, the sensible genius that he was, he he ran for it. Uh, He tried to avoid this position because he felt himself unworthy. Uh, He was not baptized at the time. He was not uh, trained in the teachings of the church in the way that he felt was certainly appropriate. And so he took uh, residence briefly in the home of a friend. Uh, But uh, Emperor Gratian, who recognized the genius of the man, but also the goodness of the man, asked him to take this position on. And sure enough, uh, Ambrose was then baptized. He was ordained and consecrated a bishop. One of the first things that he did, though, before he took up his post, was to really embrace an absolute life of prayer, of ascetic practices, but above all, of study, of scripture, of theology, to make himself worthy for that post. And uh, that preparation uh, is typical of uh, what we know of his genius, but also of his holiness. I say, must have been a quick study if we're talking about a doctor of the church who goes from catechumen (laughs) to bishop in like the course of a day. Uh, Can you speak specifically to his love of studying scripture? Well, for him, uh, the scripture was uh, the, the gateway to understanding Christ. One thing that uh, he brought to this was a kind of tabula rasa in the sense that uh, he came to Scripture with a a love of the faith. And that, I think, uh, really positioned him well for what he knew he needed to do as a a preacher. But one thing, too, um, it was 
understanding how Scripture can change our lives. And in that sense, one of the things that he did was to help people have a kind of uh, Lexio Divina understanding of Scripture. In other words, bring it into your life, reflect on it, meditate upon it. And as a result of his studies of Scripture, and we talk about the influence that he had on uh, the life of Augustine, and I know we can't talk about Ambrose without also talking about Augustine. One of the keys to unlocking uh, the real beauty of the faith and bringing Augustine to a true conversion was Ambrose's understanding of Scripture, in part because he was able to help Augustine really appreciate the importance of Scripture to understand here we have salvation history, that this is a transforming Word of God. And because of that, uh, he set Augustine on the road to become himself a doctor of the Church and, and one of the greatest figures in the history of Christianity. And I want to, to close our conversation uh, discussing more at length his relationship with St. Augustine, but I, I want to get to this um, first, because I'm wondering if there are implications or lessons that we can learn for today. You mentioned that he was being groomed for high office in the empire. When he joined the the church and, and the episcopacy, what was his relationship with the government? Well, as was uh, typical of the time, uh, there was... Uh, an effort as the Roman Empire was facing one crisis after another to find truly competent leaders, but also leaders who could be good examples in the classic Roman tradition. In that sense, then, he became a kind of bridge between Roman civilization and the growing and magnificent uh, evolution or, or rise of Christian culture and Christian life. And as such, then, uh, Ambrose was a figure who could influence emperors, who had a direct role in the imperial court, was able to convince Emperor Theodosius I that he actually had to do strict and stern penance after he slaughtered 7,000 people in a rage in Thessalonica uh, after riots broke out over, of all things, uh, circuses and chariot races. And so that influence that he had, he put not to his own ambitions, uh, but for purely civil governance, but for the saving of souls. And in that sense, too, uh, he had a transforming power over so much of the culture of his time. Speaking of saving souls, how do you reflect on his relationship with St. Augustine? I mean, this is truly a relationship with some incredible repercussions for the church. It did. Um, one small example, I think, gives you an idea of uh, how the relationship uh, unfolded and one of the ways that Augustine was so deeply impressed by Ambrose. Ambrose said the, the skill, which is very rare for his era, of uh, not having to read aloud when he read a passage to himself. That was simply the way people were trained. Hmm. And one of the things that uh, Augustine saw when he visited Ambrose was that he was there every day in the bishop's residence, meeting with people day and night, caring for the poor, ascetic lifestyle of his own. And in that sense, uh, Augustine saw a truly Christian man before him, a saint before him, and somebody who was his own intellectual match. Those two coming together 
made Augustine realize what he himself was called to be. A doctor of the church himself. I mean, yes. just incredible. St. Ambrose of Milan, pray for us. Pray for us. What an important man in the life of the church. We've been talking to Dr. Matthew Bunsen. We've got EWTN News and the Doctors of the Church series linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Doc, thanks so much. Great to be with you, Cowboy. It was great to have you. Thank you. All right, let's take a look at weather across the nation. Wet snow or a mix of rain and snow will be found across northern areas of the mid-Atlantic and western portions of the northeast. Moderate to heavy coastal rain will continue across Washington, Oregon, and Northern California. The interior northwest could also see rain showers or a rain-snow mix before transitioning to all snow today. Expect light to moderate snow across the Great Basin and northern and central Rockies. Eastern Montana and northeastern Wyoming into the Dakotas will see mainly rain this afternoon and evening. Then that will become a mix of rain, snow, and freezing rain tonight. Dangerous road and travel conditions expected for the Cascades and northern central Rockies as well. There could be a few showers developing over the western Gulf Coast this afternoon and evening. Otherwise, the rest of the U.S. will remain dry and quiet. We got headlines coming up next here on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 17 past. Support is for MediShare. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too. For over 30 years, it's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing, too. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another $150 savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but just call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And remember, the deadline is December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Here's the number. 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Are you expecting the kids to wake you up at the crack of dawn on Christmas morning? Make that experience more bearable by treating yourself to some Mystic Monk coffee. They have a number of Christmas blends available. And when you go to Mystic Monk Coffee through the link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. Make Christmas morning even better by drinking your coffee with a Sunrise Morning Show mug available in our online store. Browse our mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. Are you a new listener to EWTN Radio? Welcome. We're here for you 24-7. You'll hear live and interactive shows throughout the day to answer any questions you may have about the Catholic faith. There's trustworthy news from a Catholic perspective. And a large selection of podcasts available at EWTN's Podcast Central. And, of course, the daily mass, prayers, and everything you need to edify your soul. Welcome to EWTN Radio. We're blessed to have you with us. Plus, have Tom and Adrienne hang out with us, even in a recorded version. Married with microphones. Married with microphones. They're married, and they have mic. We got to be careful about trademarks here, Anna Mitchell. Oh, married with microphones in Cincinnati. They're they're done as of this month, actually. Yeah, they've replaced the brand. We'll, we'll say engaged in holy matrimony and having access to broadcast materials. Beautiful. Here's Anna with headlines. The Israel-Hamas war has now entered its second month, and Pope Francis, during his general audience, made another request for peace 
in the Holy Land and around the world during his general audience yesterday. The Holy Father actually had an aide read his catechesis yesterday at the general audience, which was focused on the Holy Spirit and apostolic zeal. All right. Well, let's pray for the Holy Father, uh, because when you get to be his age, lung stuff is no joke. I've well, known. especially him with lung stuff. Right. Doesn't, he's got, he's uh, missing half of a lung, I believe. Yeah, right? and I, I've known many people throughout my life. I actually know a couple of people, a couple of people right now who have uh, pneumonia and are of advanced age. And, you know, I very much worry and mm-hmm. pray for people in my life. You know, you get a fever, you get a cold, you get... Uh, Pneumonia that can be very very serious. So pray for the Holy Father. In this case, yeah, uh, and and pray for all those people who are elderly and uh, get kind of isolated this time of year anyway because of the weather and all the other things that are going on. This is part of a prayer intention from the Holy Father to pray for those with disabilities this month. It's twenty one past. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith, where Erica T. Campbell will discuss her new book on home entitled Living the Seasons. Dr. Jennifer Roback Morris will stress the importance of pregnancy resource centers. I'll reflect on the life of St. Ambrose of Milan, this frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Trinity Church Supply, providing church supplies and religious gifts worldwide. From Catholic greeting cards, books, and willow tree, to sterling silver medals, rosary, sacramental gifts, and statues. Trinity Church Supply, 5479 North Bend Road. Support is from MediShare. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too. For over 30 years, it's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing, too. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another $150 savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but... Just call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And remember, the deadline is December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Here's the number, 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE, 844-55-BIBLE. Carlo Broussard back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers, host of the Sunday Catholic Word podcast available at mrsundaypodcast.com. You can invite him to speak at your parish through catholicanswersspeakers.com. We're going through his book from Catholic Answers Press, The New Relativism. Good morning, Carlo. Hey, good morning, Anna. It's good to have you. We are in your chapter entitled, Thou Shalt Not Be a Judgmental, Hateful Bigot. And I think I've mentioned before that I do not want to be a judgmental, hateful bigot. So when you put it that way, anyway. So can you remind us uh, just quickly what, uh, 
what they mean by that? Yeah, so what they mean by judgmental, hateful bigot is simply anyone who criticizes certain lifestyle choices, in particular within our modern climate, lifestyle choices associated with the LGBTQ plus community, lifestyle choices involving same-sex sexual activity, so-called sex reassignment surgeries, males presenting themselves as females, uh, quote-unquote, the transgender lifestyle. These would be the sorts of lifestyle choices that if viewed and expressed to be immoral, then one is labeled as being judgmental, hateful. Hmm. One is viewed to be a bad person simply for calling out as immoral these particular uh, lifestyle choices or be human behaviors. Yeah, so and that's what they mean. And you point out in the book here that you don't have to scratch the veneer very much to find the moral relativism that yeah. is underneath this accusation. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, if you think about it, notice how right when we try to offer a critical evaluation of a human behavior were somehow shut down. And the implication is, as I see it, is that human behavior is off the table mm. for moral evaluation. It's as if you can't morally evaluate human behavior and offer a critical evaluation of it. Now, if you think about that, Anna, what you see is that that smacks of moral relativism because within the mental framework of moral relativism, guess what? Human behaviors are off the table for moral evaluation. <laughs> you cannot criticize someone else's behavior or action and say it is immoral because within the mental framework of moral relativism, there is no immoral behavior, objectively speaking. Mm. The truth about the good of the human behavior is entirely dependent upon the individual and the individual's judgment. It's relative to the individual. So there can be no objective right or wrong, good or bad human behavior, bad human behavior for us to criticize. So we come back over to the modern climate, and what are we told? You can't criticize these lifestyle choices, and if you do, you're a bad person. Now, there's some incoherence there because they're saying we're wrong for offering the criticism, which <laughs> is, is a moral evaluation of our behavior. And so the question would be, well, why can you morally evaluate my behavior in a negative way, but I can't do that for these behaviors? Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is that human behavior, in particular, these human behaviors that we're talking about, seem to be off the table and not subject to moral evaluation. And that's where moral relativism is creeping in. Yeah. And can you talk more about this? Because it is so... What's the word I'm looking for? Confusing that certain behaviors are considered to be like synonymous with you yourself, like you as a person. And then yeah. there are some that they just think is like an action that can be. I almost feel like they think, yeah, you can judge actions, but my actions are actually who I am. Does that make right. sense? Yes, there's a collapsing, there's a collapsing of the behavior into the very identity mm -hmm. of the person. 
and such that whenever we offer criticism, we're perceived as attacking them as a person rather than offering a critical analysis of the behavior itself. Now, there's some half-truth to that mm -hmm. because our behaviors, our acts, Anna, actually do determine the moral quality of our character yeah. such that when I engage if, if I were to engage in adultery, I would be an adulterer. Yeah. If I were to lie, I would be a liar. They actually determine the moral quality of our soul such that bad behavior makes people bad people, okay? Mm -hmm. However, here's the problem. When within the modern climate, these behaviors are viewed to be identical to the very identity of the person such that they're locked into it. So if I offer a criticism of your behavior, Anna, you're perceiving it as an attack on you as a person in the sense that you're locked in, you cannot change your behavior because within moral relativism, there's no good behavior for you to change to. Wow. And so the implication yeah. is that you are locked in and that's intrinsically you. And so when I criticize the behavior, I'm criticizing you as an intrinsic person, right? That you wow. can't get away of, you can't get out of. This one is going to be hard to refute, but I know you've done so. There, are, Wow, there's a lot left in this chapter that we got to cover here. And we'll get started on that the next time we get together uh, refuting the uh, the relativism that is inherent in this accusation of being a judgmental, hateful bigot. But encourage folks in the meantime to pick up a copy of the new relativism from Catholic Answers Press, which you can find linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Carlo, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. God bless. You too, Carlo. Thank you very much. And you can find all of our guests linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's also where you can find in our show notes, a link to watch the video feed of the Sunrise Morning Show on YouTube or Facebook. Check it out. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The Israel-Hamas war is now in its second month. Israel says its forces are operating in the heart of southern Gaza's main city as it's believed Hamas leaders are being housed in the area. The United Nations said Israel's ground invasion is creating a, quote, increasingly apocalyptic situation for Palestinians in the southern part of the region as food, water, and medicine are running very low. Pope Francis made another request for prayers for peace in the Holy Land and around the world during his general audience yesterday. He said, let us not forget to pray for those who suffer the tragedy of war, in particular the peoples of Ukraine, Israel, and Palestine, saying... War is always a defeat. No one has anything to gain from it. It is a defeat for everyone except for weapons manufacturers, end quote. The Holy Father took the microphone himself to speak these words, but his catechesis was read once again by an aide as he continues to recover from bronchitis. And in his catechesis, the Holy Father continued his series on apostolic zeal, focusing on the Holy Spirit this time. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Without the Holy Spirit, all zeal is vain and falsely apostolic, Pope Francis said at Wednesday's general audience. It would only be our own and would not bear fruit. In recent weeks, the Pope has been reflecting on the essential characteristics of the proclamation of the gospel, which is joyful, addressed to everyone, and relevant to our times. The final characteristic, Pope Francis said, is the need for the proclamation to take place in the spirit. The protagonist of evangelization 
organization who is responsible for the spread of the gospel. However, he continued, the primacy of the Spirit should not induce us to indolence. He added, confidence in the Spirit does not justify disengagement. Instead, the Holy Spirit inspires the Church's mission, which should imitate the style of the Spirit, marked by creativity and simplicity. Pope Francis then invited the faithful to allow the Holy Spirit to be the source of all our being and of our work. The Holy Spirit enlivens and rejuvenates the Church, he said. With Him, we must not fear, because He, whose harmony always keeps creativity and simplicity together, inspires communion and sends out in mission, opens to diversity, and leads back to unity. Pope Francis concluded his reflection with the prayer, Come, Holy Spirit. I'm Christopher Wells. The presidents of three top universities are coming under fire for refusing to explicitly say whether calls for genocide of Jewish people violate campus rules on harassment. New York Republican Elise Stefanik asked the question directly to the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and Penn during a congressional hearing Tuesday. All three said the answer depended on the context. The confrontation prompted fierce criticism from lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, including from the White House. Senate Republicans, meanwhile, are blocking President Biden's request for Ukraine and Israel aid over a lack of U.S. border policy changes. Brian Shook has the story. The more than $100 billion national security package failed to get enough votes to move forward in the chamber Wednesday evening. Republicans have conditioned support for the U.S. allies for tighter restrictions on asylum and other immigration programs as there's been a spike in migrant crossings at the U.S.-Mexico border. This comes as U.S. officials have warned critical aid for Ukraine in its war with Russia is running out. I'm Brian Shook. A Texas court will hold an emergency hearing today on a lawsuit brought by a Dallas woman who wants an abortion. The woman apparently received a diagnosis from her doctor last week who determined her unborn child had an abnormality that left no chance of survival beyond a few days outside the womb. Her doctor also claimed that continuing to carry the baby to term would jeopardize her health and her ability to have more children, but the doctor has balked at carrying out an abortion because of Texas's abortion ban. The University of Notre Dame will have a new leader next school year. The Board of Trustees has elected Holy Cross Father Robert Dowd to succeed Father John Jenkins. Father Dowd is currently the vice president of the university and a professor of political science. Former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy has said he will resign from Congress at year's end. In October, McCarthy became the first Speaker of the House to be ousted in the middle of a congressional term. That's the news. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN Radio. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible. So to give a gift of any amount, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click donate or call 513-731-7740. And thank you. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair, and drain cleaning backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. skpha.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from JC Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. 
George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Thursday, December the 7th, the Feast of St. Ambrose. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, online at skpha.com. Getting warmer today. Right now, temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly sunny and breezy today with a high of 53 degrees. Mostly clear tonight, not quite as cold with an overnight low of 40. Mostly cloudy and even warmer tomorrow with a high of 59 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly sunny today with a high of 53 degrees. Partly cloudy skies tonight and an overnight low of 40 Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow and a high of 57 degrees. Thanks to everyone who donated yesterday for our pledge drive. If you didn't get in on it, you can donate right now at sacredheartradio.com. And thanks. Thirty-seven minutes past the hour, you're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us on a Thursday morning, the Feast of St. Ambrose of Milan. Father Robert Nixon is joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's a Benedictine monk at New Norcia in Australia and translator of the Tan Resurrection series. We've been going through St. Albert the Great's The Paradise of the Soul. Father, welcome back. Thank you, Eddie. It's great to be with you today. It is great to have you. And we are going to be talking about the virtue of abstinence today. How does St. Albert define this one? So St. Albert describes abstinence as being itself true and perfect. When a person is content with only what is necessary in both food and clothing and shuns everything and serves merely gratification. So I think that's a, a, a great description, a definition of the virtue of abstinence, to be content with what we really need, don't to use things just for the purpose of, of gratifying ourselves, but using them for the purpose for which God intended them. And he upholds St. John the Baptist as a prime example of this. Indeed. So we read in the Gospels about St. John the Baptist, his life, about how he lived off uh, locusts and uh, wild honey, how he lived in the desert. And, I mean, we shouldn't doubt that he was healthy and, and had enough that he needed, but he managed to live uh, in a way that was very simplistic, in a way that didn't have extraneous luxuries or distractions. And I think we're all called to emulate that in our own particular way of life. And one thing that I have come to not appreciate about St. Albert, I'm kidding, but, but, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he always does manage to make those of us who like to think we're being virtuous realize that maybe we're not as great as we thought at this. Um, for example, as I yeah. was reading through this, I thought about, and perhaps you can reflect on what St. Albert has to say here. Um, I was thinking about Fridays in Lent. 
of course, we are supposed to abstain mm. from meat. But if cheese yeah. pizza is my favorite food or grilled cheese yeah. is my favorite food, and that's what I'm eating on a Friday in Lent, I probably should be not, you know, glorifying myself yeah, for exactly, being so virtuous. Exactly. Uh, exactly, Annie. And I also relate to that because, you know, I prefer fish and chips, which is a classic thing we have yes. here uh, on Fridays when we're abstaining from red meat. So I actually look forward to Fridays yeah. when I was, a, a, you know, a child and growing up because I knew we'd have fish on those days. And um, to be honest, I still do to a certain extent. But he does make, I think, a very valid point that abstinence involves giving up something which you, you actually enjoy, which you derive pleasure from. And it needs to be um, a conscious act of will. So I think that's that's quite a good point he makes there. So what do we need to do in order to cultivate this virtue more in our lives? Yeah. So he gives us two very important considerations. Firstly, to think that everything we receive in this life is a gift from God. And God gives us things for certain purposes. He gives us food to sustain our health and our strength. He gives us um, entertainment to provide the relaxation we need. He gives us sleep to provide the refreshment we need. But sometimes people can use these things um, excessively in ways they're not intended. So Albert asks us to use things to consider what purpose God gave them for us and to use them accordingly. And secondly, to give an account to God for everything, not only that we've done or said, but also for how we've lived our lives, you know. And I think sometimes we can so easily forget this. Father, what's in it for me? What are what are the benefits of abstinence? <laughs> so we have three benefits of abstinence listed for us by St. Albert the Great. And firstly, um, we gain from abstinence an insight into the divine mysteries. And he was certainly someone who, who knew what he was talking about. Um, and I think people often experience this when they fast for a day, uh, when they spend extra time in prayer or deny themselves something, um, there is often this spiritual enrichment, this uh, kind of liberation or insight which follows from it. He talks to us also about how after um, self-denial, our prayers are then heard more clearly, more strongly by God. And in a way, this makes sense because traditionally people used to offer sacrifice mm. whenever they offered prayer. Yeah. And I think to, to deny oneself something is, in fact, to offer God a sacrifice. And thirdly, of course, it obtains for us the mercy of God. So any deliberate act of self-denial is, in fact, an act of penance is, you know, so important. It's not like we need to suffer to make up for our sins, but it's a way of purifying ourselves. And I think that these things all recommend to us the practice uh, of abstinence in moderation and in a reasonable manner. And Father, what are the signs that he uh, that he upholds as as being a, a true? Um, what is the word abstemious of having true abstemiousness? Yes. Yes. Or um, yes. or false um, abstemiousness, as the case may be. Yes. So he talks about a sign of 
true abstemiousness is when a person avoids delicacies and fine foods um, that they basically consume according to their to, to real necessity. They eat food to keep them alive. To put it a simple way, they eat to live rather than mm. living to eat. Mm. Um, and this frugality, I think, is so important. Um, he talks about signs of false abstinence, is when a person makes a great show of denying themselves something which they couldn't have anyway, you know, and I think if a person, if a, if a person with no money goes around saying, you know, I don't drive a Porsche, you know, because I prefer not to have unnecessary luxuries, well, if they've got no money, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe it's... Uh, yep. Anyway, yep. there's sense. also, he talks about, people who, who do it for the purpose of attaining praise. So in other words, if you tell other people when you're denying yourself, well, you make a show of it, then I think that that is a sign that it's not quite directed. And, of course, sometimes you can't really keep it a secret because people will say, you know, I'm not, I notice you're not eating so much or you're you, – um, and I don't think he's telling us we need to keep it a, a great secret if we're not eating red meat on a particular day or whatever, but at the same time not to make a show. Mm-hmm. And and also he says if you do it just for the sake of um, beauty or good health or longevity, it's not really the same thing. And, of course, he's not saying there's anything wrong with that, but he's saying that it doesn't count as the same spiritual self-denial yeah yeah and we've been talking a lot about physical things about about food and and the like which i think is such an important conversation for us to have in this day in age where we have so much in excess but that also that Indeed. that also brings up what you're what you're saying here you talking about the showiness and and things like that like, there are also excesses of the heart that he brings up here there are, there are. And, you know, um, as I mentioned, at the very beginning of this book, St. Albert talks about virtue as being the correct balance, so um, often called the middle path. If we take anything to extremes, it can become a kind of vice. And I think the same is, is very true with abstinence. You know, if a person starts to become uh, a bit over the top with it or, or brings other people down or makes other people feel judged and so forth, then that's probably a sign that it's gone a mm. bit too far. Some good stuff in this chapter, particularly in The Paradise of the Soul by St. Albert the Great and translated by Father Robert Nixon. And you can find the Tan Resurrection series linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father Robert, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Eddie. God bless you and God bless all your listeners. You as well, Father. Thank you. All right, it's 14 till our Catholic counselor, Kevin Prendergast, joins us next. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. 
Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. I don't like looking back. I prefer to look forward and keep moving forward. There's plenty to cover. I do a lot of research and try to dig out the bits and pieces of a life or of an agenda that people don't want to talk about. The World Over with Raymond Arroyo. Tonight, 8 Eastern on EWTN Radio and Television. This is Dr. David Anders. Is God an angry God? We answer questions like these every day on Call to Communion, today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Have I ever mentioned how much I appreciate Dr. David Anders? I could listen to that guy talk for more than the one hour he gets every afternoon on EWTN on Call to Communion. That guy, I feel like you could ask him like literally anything. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast, and he is a licensed counselor with decades of experience in the classroom and in private practice. Uh, so we're always glad to tap into his expertise. Kevin, good morning. Hey, glad to be with you too, Matt. Thanks. So the Holy Father's prayer intention for the month of December involves people with disabilities. I wonder if you could fill us in on that and talk a little bit about how you have come to uh, understand this issue better in your decades of pastoral counseling. Yeah, thanks, Matt. So so the Holy Father's got a nice way to put this is uh, we pray that people living with disabilities will be the center of attention in our society and that our parishes will have inclusive programs and value the participation of people who have disabilities. <clears throat> so I want to hit uh, three things here. First, the person that has a disability a condition, secondly, the caregivers, and then bring in our faith perspective. So we all know uh, someone, uh, and some people don't like to use that word uh, disability, but some kind of impairment. Uh, we're talking about the physical side of this, but there's some psychological dimensions. So the, the Census Bureau says that at their latest count, about 42 and a half million Americans have some kind of disability. And I was really struck by this, that even at middle age, uh, about 15% of people have some activity, have trouble with activities of daily living, uh, moving, taking care of themselves. So and I'm doing a little bit of math up. in my yeah. head. I mm -hmm. mean, we're talking about, I mean, if we got, I haven't seen the last numbers on how many people live in the United States, but that is a yeah. serious percentage of us. That's correct. And, uh, you know, and, and it's something we all probably have to look forward to in some way. None of us wants to think about that. Uh, but, you know, some of the the disabling conditions, um, I've got somebody in my family who was recently diagnosed with Parkinson's. About 90,000 people are diagnosed with that new diagnosis every year. About 6 million people have Alzheimer's. 
half a million have multiple sclerosis. And then we're talking about, you know, dementia and other cancer and other kinds of things that really uh, cause a lot of impairment for people. So so some of the emotional part of that, Matt, you know, I, I can't talk so much on the medical side, but, you know, people can lose their physical and also their cognitive abilities, uh, which is really a, a huge loss. We've talked about grief, but when I can't do what I what I used to do, and maybe I've been a very independent person, I had a, a very, my very best friend was lost his sight when he was 25 and he was a very good athlete and was very independent. And he tells me about how he had to come to that crossroads where he had other people he knew who were in the same condition, losing their eyesight because of sickle cell anemia. And he saw some people just give up and they didn't necessarily die from the disease itself. They died from uh, despair. Really, yeah. and a, a death of despair. Well, so as I'm thinking about this, this too, yeah. Kevin. You know, you and I have talked about this a lot. Actually, very recently, about suicide numbers and what causes mm-hmm. suicidal ideation and how that all works out. Mm-hmm. And and the CDC coming up with numbers about how many more people. I mean, we're hitting record numbers here, and you wonder mm-hmm. how many of those are connected with someone being so frustrated that they're just not useful, quote unquote, as the world sees it. Yeah, just losing our whole identity and and depression and anxiety and anger are are huge components. And you mentioned something there, Matt, that the person with a disabling condition could have that risk of suicide, but also the caretakers, right? So, uh, you know, one issue that comes up is uh, some we think of disability or these conditions as when somebody's older, maybe when I'm 70 or 80. But, you know, there are people who get diagnosed with a lifelong chronic condition that's not uh, fixable when they're in their 40s, you know, their 30s or 40s, uh, MS, uh, again, the Parkinson's. And so that's a whole different thing where it changes, you know, they're married, they have kids. And so there's that impact on the intimacy in the marriage and loss of uh, like self-esteem and feeling like I got to do, I got to cope with this for the next 30 or 40 years. Uh, so that's another one. And, and sometimes those people who are 40 don't really fit in with a support group of people who are all uh, senior citizens, right? So they don't yeah. feel that identity. I, and I was going to ask you about how this how this can work too, because I know you work a lot with first responders and have worked a mm-hmm. lot with first responders, and that is a very high risk environment. And there are a lot mm-hmm. of people who go in healthy, gung ho, robust, and then something happens. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. either an accident or they go into a uh, you know a collapsing house or something happens, right? Mm-hmm. And this. Mm-hmm. N- Formerly extremely healthy, you know, person who was in the military or the police force or the fire department mm-hmm. is now having to deal with physical limitations, and that's part of this too, right? Yeah, that's correct, and it could be just the wear and tear of the job or some kind of accident or actual a violent episode fire. Uh, so, so that's really true, and I think most of those people are gung ho and they're very used to being the problem solver and the one that helps everyone else. So that's a switch in our emotional life, and then for caregivers. I have a social worker friend who works at a nursing home doing intake, and she said, I can always tell when a a couple pulls up, a new patient is being admitted, I can tell right away who's the patient and who's the caregiver, because the caregiver looks a lot worse. Yeah, you've mentioned that before, and I've noticed it ever since. Yeah. Yeah, and and so, you know, the the idea that uh, I think for a lot of caregivers that I have to do this all by myself I can't rely on help. I don't want to take a break. I don't want to get respite care. I don't want to complain. Uh, maybe that's more that's true of men and women, maybe a little bit more of men. But the other one is uh, feeling very resentful that maybe other people in the family don't help out. So there's one 
person, frequently the, the female who's stuck taking care of mom or uh, another relative that's disabled and just that resentment. So that's another issue. And then ties into faith, Matt, that all of this makes us that, that old theodicy question that you guys talk about with your theologians a lot is why does God allow these bad things to happen? Like I've, I've led a good life. Why am I being punished like this, losing my sight, losing my ability to walk? Uh, you know, all those kinds of things and, and just have an oblique future. And so we have to find, I think where faith helps us is to find some perseverance. So one of the gospel readings we read this week is from Matthew is everybody brought him their, uh, their lame and their blind and their deaf and he cured them all, right? So we have to come to the Lord and, and to realize that we borrow each other's courage and uh, sometimes we can just sit with someone in the Garden of Gethsemane. I think that's a great image for a caretaker or just for ourselves. We have somebody sit with us and we borrow each other's courage. Uh, and that's a way to, you know, bring all this to the Lord. Well, there are a lot of ways people can look at the scriptures and take away various things. But there's one thing that nobody can deny in the scriptures, and that is that Jesus found people with disabilities. He sought them out, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Correct. They had a special place in his yep. heart and in his ministry. Yep. Kevin Prendergast, yep. thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, man. Take care. All right. We're back after this. Stay with us as the Sunrise Morning Show continues on EWTN. It's three minutes till. If you just received Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter, then you also receive the QR card for everyone to scan our QR code and get the Sacred Heart Radio app. Then they can hear us on their smartphone from anywhere and car radio through Bluetooth, where it sounds better than FM and never fades no matter where they travel. So to shine the light of Christ into every soul you know, flash the QR card and share the media source you use to hear the good news. Sacred Heart Radio and the Sacred Heart Radio app. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, Drs. David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hardworking professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bright Lights. St. Teresa in Bright, Indiana is hosting a free drive through Christmas light display every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 6 to 10 p.m., now through January 6th. More information at brightlightsindiana.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 
1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Honda East, the place to find a brand new Honda or pre-owned vehicle with no haggle, no hassle pricing. Honda East, just off I-275 on Beachmont Avenue. Online at HondaEastCincy.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. This is Father Benedict Kroll, the Director of Mission Advancement for the Angelicum in Rome. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at SacredHeartRadio.com. Thursday, the 7th of December, it is the Feast of St. Ambrose of Milan, a doctor of the church. Let's pray the collect for Mass today in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. O God, who made the Bishop St. Ambrose a teacher of the Catholic faith and a model of apostolic courage, raise up in your church men after your own heart to govern her with courage and wisdom. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Ambrose, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We are glad that you're with us on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Uh, well, he's at all the controls except for the ones that Travis has access to because Travis is running video, which you can see in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Join the chat there. Dr. John Bergsma is along, as he is on every Thursday, to talk about salvation history as a love story. Rita Heikenfeld has more gifts from the kitchen for your Advent planning. Uh, she is our Bible Foods lady, and if you're looking for that perfect gift to give somebody who has everything, you can always make them something that they can eat. And Rita's got some ideas today. Gary Machuda continues our series based on his book, The Gospel Truth. We'll also talk to Courtney Brown from Rua Woods about more ways to prepare kids to understand theology of the body uh, by instilling some core principles when they're young. So stay with us if you are at all able. Two minutes past, here's Anna Mitchell with news, a service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Good morning. The Israel-Hamas war is now in its second month. Israel says its forces are operating the heart of southern Gaza's main city, as it's believed that Hamas leaders are being housed in that area. The United Nations has said Israel's ground invasion is creating what they called increasing an increasingly apocalyptic situation for Palestinians in the southern part of the region. Food, water, and medicine are running very low there. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said his forces must retain security control over the, col the whole Gaza Strip even after the war is over. 
Pope Francis made another request for prayers for peace during in the world during his general audience yesterday. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tollock has more. Although the Pope is continuing to recover from bronchitis and so did not read his catechesis aloud at the general audience, he did take the microphone to express his closeness to those who are suffering from war in many countries across the globe. Let us not forget to pray for those who suffer from the tragedy of war, in particular the peoples of Ukraine, Israel and Palestine. War is always a defeat. No one has anything to gain from war. It is a defeat for everyone, except for the weapons manufacturers. More than 16,200 Palestinians, two-thirds of them women and children, have been killed in the Israeli offensive in the Gaza Strip so far. The offensive is retaliation for a rampage by Hamas militants who killed more than 1,000 Israelis and abducted 240 others on the 7th of October. That was Joseph Tollock reporting. Pope Francis continued his catechesis on apostolic zeal during the general audience yesterday. As reported, an aide read the Holy Father's address once again as he continues to recover from bronchitis. The Pope focused on the role of the Holy Spirit. He said, quote, without the Holy Spirit, all zeal is vain and falsely apostolic, saying it would only be our own and would not bear fruit. Former New Jersey governor and current presidential hopeful Chris Christie says he would deploy American troops in the Israel-Hamas war to rescue American hostages. Christie made the comment as he criticized Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for avoiding the question in last night's debate among four of the GOP candidates for the White House. The debate was held on the University of Alabama and Tuscaloosa campus. Former President Donald Trump, who continues to hold a lead in the polling, skipped last night's, last night's debate again as he did the first three. The shooter who killed three people at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas yesterday was apparently a college professor. Authorities have not publicly identified the shooter who was killed on campus during a confrontation with police, but law enforcement sources say the suspect was a 67-year-old career college professor who had unsuccessfully applied for a job at the school. The shooting started shortly before noon yesterday on the fourth floor of the UNLV business school, business school building. Three people were killed and one was critically injured. Former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy has said he will resign from Congress at year end. Details from Mark Mayfield. This comes after McCarthy was the first Speaker of the House to be ousted from power in the middle of their congressional term. He was ousted by a small minority of conservative Republicans. In an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, McCarthy said he's decided to leave the House to serve America in new ways. I'm Mark Mayfield. And the Vatican will unveil a life-size creche this weekend to celebrate the 800th anniversary of the nativity scene tradition. St. Francis of Assisi chose the rocky terrain of Greccio, a town near Rome, where he saw similarities to the Holy Land. The creche that will be unveiled on Saturday was made by artisans in Greccio and aims to recreate that night in 1223. Pretty sweet. That's pretty awesome, I think. There you go. While we're speaking of Italian stuff, mm-hmm. uh, today is the Feast of St. Ambrose of Milan, yes. and I know that there are some people who have done uh, the coffee thing this morning already. There are others who've done the tea thing, and if you're putting honey in your tea... Don't forget that St. Ambrose is the patron saint of beekeepers. 
He is the honey-tongued. The honey-tongued doctor. We have not to be confused with have, the mellifluous doctor Bernard right, of Clairvaux. Bernard of Clairvaux. What is mellifluous? Would be mellifluous. The honey. So, Doctor Bergsman is probably on the line and can tell you uh, how ambrosia connects to like the root word of like I think it's like immortality or something like that. And mellifluous is related to like the word honey. But I want to make sure that neither one of them get confused with the patron saint of being frustrated by the things you struggle to understand that the kids are doing. That would be St. Ambrose off my lawn, not St. Ambrose of more. It's two different guys. Well, I'm glad Dr. Bergsma laughed at you. That was nice of Paul. To That's why Paul brought up his mic. Yes, thank you, Dr. Bergsma. That was you've, nice you've of made Dr. My Bergsma day. to laugh at you. Absolutely. Maybe it's because I'm a dad and that was almost I a will. dad joke. Almost. Almost a dad joke. Did you hear that, Matt? Almost. It's almost. A, with patristic humor. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the spiritual oh, dad gosh. of the church. Patristic humor. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh, boy. Okay, we're going to... We're, 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 St. Ambrose, pray for us. If you, Yeah, thanks, Paul, for turning off Matt's mic. Those who were watching the video feed saw that Matt was talking, but those listening to the radio didn't hear him, and I appreciate that. Dr. John Bergsma, back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We've been going through his book, Love Basics for Catholics. Doc, good morning. Good morning, Anna. So we have been talking about Jesus' teaching on marriage. And last time we were together, he had said that Moses allowed divorce because of the hardness of Israel's heart. But um, from the beginning, it was not so. And this does not just stop the Pharisees in their tracks. This is what the disciples have to say. We're in Matthew uh, chapter 19, uh, verses 10 through 12. It says, The disciples said to him, If such is the case of a man with his wife, it is not expedient to marry. But he said to them, Not all men can receive this precept, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to receive this, let him receive it. Can you unpack what Jesus is saying here? Absolutely. First of all, when he says, not all men can receive this precept. He's not talking about the for, the uh, prohibition on divorce. So, right, right. You know, uh, like, oh, well, if you can't accept that, well, then you can split up. No. <laughs> uh, he's, he's saying um, the experience of not marrying. And this is consistent with what St. Paul teaches later, for example, in First Corinthians 7, that celibacy is a gift, and our Lord says, only to those to whom it is given. So there's a special spiritual grace given to some to live a single life. Um, Our Lord says in verse 12, eunuchs have been so from birth, who have been made eunuchs, but then he says, eunuchs have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. And I always puzzled over that, Anna, growing up. You know, it was clear to me that Jesus was talking about people who had embraced singleness for religious reasons, 
which I thought did not begin until later in Christian history, but uh, then later in my doctoral program, I studied, of course, the Essenes, who we've talked about many times before on this show, who were um, the third major sect of Jews in Jesus' day, and they, of course, practiced celibacy quite literally for the sake of the kingdom. They led single lives of ritual and moral purity while they were waiting for the Messiah to come and bring the kingdom. And our Lord appears to be commending them here in Matthew 19 and encouraging his own followers to follow that example if they have the grace of God uh, to be able to do so. And that's why, of course, he says he was able to receive it. Let him receive it. Yeah, so how does this then frame the Catholic perspective on vocations? That is the matter of discernment, then. is uh, and, You know, we talk about this quite a bit at Franciscan University, uh, where we I have bet, all these yeah. people <laughs> trying to discern, you know, what is God calling me to do? And we have, uh, thankfully, you know, praise be to God, we have quite a number of young men and women who— um, who discern that they do have this gift and, and uh, you know, enter into the religious life. I have um, several young religious sisters in my classes in Scripture here, as well as a number of guys in our priestly discernment program who are preparing for uh, priestly ministry. Had the joy just this past weekend of hanging out with two of my former students who are priests of the Diocese of Dallas and just doing a tremendous job out there. They graduated from Franciscan maybe 15 years ago. Um, and uh, th- th- nothing brings me so much joy as, uh, as hanging out with my former students who've gone on to religious and priestly vocations and are leading God's people in such tremendous ways. Yeah. Um, but uh, holy marriage as well is a vocation, and uh, many of my students discern that as well. Yeah, and I want to ask about that, because the way that that it's worded here in in Scripture, you know, made themselves selves eunuchs or embraced celibacy for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, sounds like it is a um, a much better choice. Of, I don't know how to, I'm not, I'm not sure how to, well, makes it better than marriage, I guess you could say. This idea yeah. of intentional singleness being, being a higher calling for the sake of of the kingdom, but does that mean that Jesus thinks less of marriage, Dr. Bergsma? Yeah, well, from, you know, what we distinguish is from an objective point of view, um, singleness for the sake of the kingdom is a kind of higher calling because it enables a more total conformity to the pattern of Christ. After all, that is the vocation our Lord himself had. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and chose for himself, it's not a denial of marriage or nuptiality because in the celibate life, what you're doing really is embracing Jesus directly as your spouse. Mm. In matrimony, there's a kind of indirect embrace of Christ as one's spouse because your husband or your wife is Jesus to you, kind of acts in persona Christi in your marriage toward you, like the priest in the confessional acts in the person of Christ, or obviously in, um, in the celebration of Mass. And so we have kind of that 
in direct experience of Christ through our spouse, but in the celibate life, we embrace Jesus directly through prayer and the sacraments. No mediator, I'm just espoused to Jesus. And that's a beautiful thing, and in a sense, it's higher. But you know what? Just because it's higher from a kind of third-person perspective doesn't mean we all have that gift. And the highest thing that each one of us individually can do is what God is calling us to do. And many of us are called to matrimony, as, as I have been called. And so the highest thing I can do is embrace the vocation that's been given to me, which is as father and husband, and live that out in the person of Christ uh, the best I can. I mean, if we don't have the vocation of marriage, if it's not a good thing, well, then we wouldn't have children who could then, you know, embrace the other calling, um, which... Uh, is so interesting when you see the very next verses in Matthew 19, where children are being brought to Jesus. The disciples rebuke the people, but then in verse 14, Jesus says, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Yes, and I don't think it's an accident that this comes right after our Lord commends celibacy. Uh, This, I believe, is Matthew trying to make clear that our Lord did not regard children or procreation as an evil or something to be avoided. The disciples may have even gotten that misconception when they are rebuking the people for bringing the kids. Um, But Jesus wants to make clear, no, I love children and don't hinder them. And I think in the current day, we very much are hindering children from coming. Yes, we are. In yeah. artificial ways that the church tells us not to do. And we're really suffering the consequences of that as a society and as a church. Yes. Yes, we are. On that happy note, we'll uh, leave it there and pick it up the next time. I encourage you to pick up a copy of Love Basics for Catholics from Ave Maria Press and linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Bergsma, thank you. Absolutely. Talk to you next week. Sounds good. All right, at 17 past, we got headlines coming up next. The Christmas Means Life campaign encourages you to add another person to your Christmas list, the baby Jesus, as represented by women and children in need by making a donation to your local pregnancy center. Another option is to support the JP2 Life Center, committed to saving lives with free pregnancy help services, holistic OBGYN care, and education programs. Find out more at jpiilifecenter.org. That's jpiilifecenter.org. Because Christmas means life. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Got a coffee lover on your Christmas list this year? Give them the gift of Mystic Monk Coffee. The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of seasonal blends that would make for a great Christmas morning brew. And when you purchase it, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you support the monks and the show. If your coffee lover is also a fan of the Sunrise Morning Show, pick up a mug or travel mug for them in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. 
This is Father Timothy Gallagher, an oblate of the Virgin Mary. Catholic Radio accompanies us in the car when we drive, when our hands are busy but our minds are free. It can fill those spaces and bring us close to the Lord and help us grow in the understanding of our faith and deepen our way of living that faith each day. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. Past. Here's Anna with headlines. The Israel-Hamas war has now entered its second month. Pope Francis, during his general audience yesterday, made another request for prayers for peace in the Holy Land and around the world. And in his catechesis, continued his series on apostolic zeal, focusing this time on the Holy Spirit. All right, Anna Mitchell. Uh, on this feast of a doctor of the church, St. Ambrose of Milan, the honey-tongued doctor. Mm-hmm. Do you a know day other titles? will live in in. There's that too. Um, and I wish we had time to talk about that. I'm sorry, I don't have Do you remember other voice. titles for other doctors of the church? Uh, golden-mouthed, John uh, Chrysostom. Be John Chrysostom. Who else you got? Uh, Thomas Aquinas is the... Angelic doctor. Angelic doctor. Bonaventure is seraphic. So that's correct. Um, uh, Anselm is the Doctor Magnificus, oh, the yeah. magnificent doctor. Albert, the Universal Doctor of the Church. Yes, Doctor Universalis. Uh, you've got Cyril, Doctor Incarnationis. Oh Great yeah. Great to think about heading into Advent. Mm-hmm. And most recently, you've got Irenaeus, who is the Doctor Universalis, Doctor of Unity. Oh, unitatis, not universalis. Yes. Uni- I'm unitatis. sorry, unitatis. See, this is what happens when we try Latin. Your Kentucky Fried Latin. It's 21 past. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. I am Guy Cagney with the Cagney Family and Coble Banker Realty. The Cagney Family supports Sacred Heart Radio and wants you to know that we can help you with all your real estate needs in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Florida. 513-347-1888. Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products, and big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified, and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. The Comboni Missionaries present the 76th Annual Nativity Experience, a family favorite for generations. The birth of Christ is retold in an incredible room-sized animated diorama of the Holy Land. Admission is free. Donations to food banks accepted. The Nativity Experience at the Comboni Mission Center in Anderson. Open 6 to 8 p.m. daily, December 15th through 30th. Close Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. More information at ComboniMissionaries.org slash nativity. 
Well, if you were to wake up after a few weeks of sleep and try and figure out what time of the year it was, you might be able to figure out from the smells. And that is certainly the case with Advent and heading into the Christmas season. Here to talk about some of that is Rita Heikenfeld from AboutEating.com. Rita, good morning. Well, good morning, and what a fun topic today. I love this topic. You've talked about Victorian manger herbs and some of the other ways that people try and create smells in their household to really drive home this question of what it means to welcome Christ into our hearts and our homes. So how do you want to set the stage for this? Well, let's first of all, um, most of us have what we call a crash or a a crib or a manger scene. We certainly do. We grew up with it, and I know you didn't, but I know that you have one now. And back in Victorian times, Matt, very interestingly, um, the folks then used Bible herbs actually to, um, as part of their crib scene to decorate the manger. So it's so interesting because a lot of the herbs we use not only in in decorating but also in in cooking, have their descendants in the Bible. So today we're going to talk about a few that you could put in your manger. All right, and some of these would be really cool. You know, you've been talking about gifts to give, uh, you know, handmade gifts. It would be cool to give somebody a package of something that had a few of these herbs in it and, uh, and spices and just regular plants. So tell us about some of them. Oh, okay. Well, let's start with bed straw because, you know, uh, Jesus was laid in the manger, and Mary, and by the way, these are legends, just something fun to share with uh, family and friends. Yeah, if you Google bed bed straw in the Bible, you're probably not going to find the exact species. (laughs) No, but um, the legend says that Mary laid uh, Jesus on bed straw, and and that was just a a common, really a weed um, that was just common in stables. And the legend is that originally it had no scent, but the aroma turned sweet when Jesus was laid upon it. Isn't that just a lovely thought? Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, man, there's some other great, uh, you know, herbs and smells. You know, one of the ones that I hadn't really thought about until you mentioned to it, it to me several years back is Pennyroyal. Oh, yeah, that's a member of the Mint family. So um, when, when children in Sicily and Italy visit uh, the manger, they usually tuck sprigs of Pennyroyal in the straw. Um, and, and some say this plant, too, was transformed. That is, it lay in the manger because, as I said, it's a member of the mint family. It had a nice smell but no blossoms. So when Jesus was born and uh, Joseph laid some pennyroyal in his uh, little bed, it burst into bright purple blossoms. And we know purple is the color of kings. So I think that foretold something as well, don't you? Well, not just the color of kings, but the color of Advent. So <laughs> there, there you go with that. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, uh, oh, man, there's so much to, to talk about here. You know, lavender, rosemary, both of these are really, I mean, they're, they're smells I associate with a lot of times of the year, but it seems like this time of year they get highlighted a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, lavender symbolizes purity and virtue, and we know Oh, it's so soothing and calming, especially. I mean, all kinds of baby stuff is lavender-scented. Yeah, and you can even make a lavender spritzer to spritz on your pillow at night. It is a very calming herb. And then rosemary, gosh, we think of Christmas trees and that pine smell. That represents love, but also remembrance and loyalty. And the legend there, Matt, has it that rosemary will not grow taller than Jesus when he was on earth. Supposedly, Well, I had never heard that before. Well, here's the legend, supposedly six feet or live longer than he did, which was 
33 years. years. So Wow. Yeah, such some fun, not really facts, because none of us were there, but certainly some herbs and spices that have biblical significance that we can use today. And um, there are several of them in this uh, recipe for manger gingerbread cookies that I'm sharing. All right. I want to know about this recipe, so lay it out for us. Really easy. Um, It's from my friend Aaron across the road. Not real spicy, but really easy dough for the little ones to work and rework. You're going to start off with some butter, sugar, and molasses, and you're just going to melt that, let that cool a little bit, and you're going to beat in an egg and then uh, just stir in some flour, baking soda, and then some biblical spices, ginger, cinnamon, and ground cloves. And the aroma is just amazing. And you're just going to make a dough, um, let it uh, sit in the fridge because it's sort of a sticky dough. And when you roll it out, you roll it out on a little bit of flour. And let the little ones, what we do is what we're going to do this weekend is we're going to have cookie cutters, gingerbread cookie cutters. And we're going to make one for Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. So you could make crosses. You could do just all kinds of things with a this Christmas dough. star. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, there's uh, unlimited options. You can make a little manger out of gingerbread. It's it's a really cool thing. I, I love this idea. And, you know, I don't know what your favorite gingerbread ingredient is. Um, I think the molasses is the X factor. Uh, I don't know if you have a favorite smell that comes out of the gingerbread. I'd be very curious about it. Well, the molasses I love because it's such an uh, it's not used very often in cookies. The the combination of ginger, cinnamon, and cloves oh, it gets me every time. And I'm telling you what, I made some of this dough the other day and I was eating it right out of the bowl. But um, one of the things, as you mentioned, you can freeform this dough into any shape, and no matter how much you work with it, it stays tender. And you can uh, make it, oh gosh, a week ahead and put it in the fridge. And it's just a, a lovely way to think about Advent and what's coming, you know, Jesus' birth, and to um, have some family fun and, and friends over because that's what it's about, not just about the food, but who shares it with you. Well, my son, Zeke, is a gingerbread fiend, and if we don't guard the stuff, <laughs> the gingerbread will disappear, and he is big on the ginger itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and actually, I don't know if this happens in your house, uh, even the dogs love the gingerbread uh you know so it's a fantastic way to smell up your house and make it really get this feel that christmas is coming so we've got that gingerbread manger cookie recipe linked in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com i just added it this morning so people can go see it there and add maybe their own little tweaks and flares to it rita heikenfeld thank you as always have a wonderful day i will and have some mystic monk coffee with that gingerbread as well Now, that's a good pairing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Half past the hour, here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. The Israel-Hamas war is now in its second month. Israeli forces, Israel says its forces are operating in the heart of southern Gaza's main city, as it's believed that Hamas leaders are being housed in the area. The United Nations said Israel's ground invasion is creating a, quote, increasingly apocalyptic situation for Palestinians in the southern part of the region, saying that food, water and medicine are running very low. Pope Francis asked again for prayers for peace during his general audience yesterday, citing the Holy Land specifically. And he also said, let's not forget to pray for those who suffer the tragedy of war in particular, the peoples of Ukraine, Israel, and Palestine. He said, war is always a defeat. 
No one has anything to gain from it. It is a defeat for everyone except for weapons manufacturers. The Holy Father took the microphone himself to make that appeal. He had an aide read the address for his catechesis as he continues to recover from bronchitis. In that catechesis, the Holy Father continued his series on apostolic zeal, focusing this time on the Holy Spirit. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Without the Holy Spirit, all zeal is vain and falsely apostolic, Pope Francis said at Wednesday's general audience. It would only be our own and would not bear fruit. In recent weeks, the Pope has been reflecting on the essential characteristics of the proclamation of the gospel, which is joyful, addressed to everyone, and relevant to our times. The final characteristic, Pope Francis said, is the need for the proclamation to take place in the Spirit. The protagonist of evangelization who is responsible for the spread of the gospel. However, he continued, the primacy of the Spirit should not induce us to indolence. He added, confidence in the Spirit does not justify disengagement. Instead, the Holy Spirit inspires the Church's mission, which should imitate the style of the Spirit, marked by creativity and simplicity. Pope Francis then invited the faithful to allow the Holy Spirit to be the source of all our being and of our work. The Holy Spirit enlivens and rejuvenates the Church, he said. With Him, we must not fear, because He, who is harmony, always keeps creativity and simplicity together, inspires communion, and sends out in mission, opens to diversity, and leads back to unity. But Francis concluded his reflection with the prayer, Come, Holy Spirit. I'm Christopher Wells. At least three people are dead after an active shooting event at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Police say a fourth person is in critical condition at a local hospital. The shooter who is dead was a 67-year-old career college professor who had ties to schools in Georgia and North Carolina and had reportedly applied unsuccessfully for a job at UNLV. The school will be closed for the rest of the week with the UNLV men's basketball team not playing last night in an away game against the Dayton Flyers in Ohio. Senate Republicans are blocking President Biden's request for Ukraine and Israel aid over a lack of U.S. border policy changes. Brian Shook reports. The more than $100 billion national security package failed to get enough votes to move forward in the chamber Wednesday evening. Republicans have conditioned support for the U.S. allies for tighter restrictions on asylum and other immigration programs as there's been a spike in migrant crossings at the U.S.-Mexico border. This comes as U.S. officials have warned critical aid for Ukraine in its war with Russia is running out. I'm Brian Shook. The presidents of three top universities are coming under fire for refusing to explicitly say whether calls for genocide of Jewish people violate campus rules on harassment. New York Republican Elise Stefanik asked the question directly to the presidents of Harvard, MIT and Penn during a congressional hearing on Tuesday. All three presidents said the answer depended on the context. The confrontation prompted fierce criticism from lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, including from the White House. The University of Notre Dame will have a new leader next school year. The Board of Trustees has elected Holy Cross Father Robert Dowd to succeed Father John Jenkins. Father Dowd is currently the vice president of the university and a professor of political science. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour.
When you go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe, your inbox will let you know when your favorite guests will be on the Sunrise Morning Show and driving home the faith. To know when your favorite guests are on, go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe. Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee, because our work is done right the first time. For all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work, Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. The Catholic Church teaches the importance of a respectful Christian burial for the body, which was a temple of the Holy Spirit here on earth. This includes cremated remains, which is the body in a different form. The prayerful, peaceful atmosphere of the consecrated grounds of Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery reflect respect for those laid to rest there and for their loved ones. Be prepared and give the gift of peace of mind to your family. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Thursday, December the 7th, the Feast of St. Ambrose. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Getting warmer today. Right now, temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly sunny and breezy today with a high of 53 degrees. Mostly clear tonight, not quite as cold with an overnight low of 40 Mostly cloudy and even warmer tomorrow with a high of 59 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly sunny today with a high of 53 degrees. Partly cloudy skies tonight and an overnight low of 40. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow and a high of 57 degrees. Thanks to everyone who donated yesterday for our pledge drive. If you didn't get in on it, you can donate right now at sacredheartradio.com. And thanks. You know, there have been a lot of smart people in the church, but nobody's so smart that they knew stuff that Jesus told them that he never told anybody else. And yet, early on in the church, this was one of the big the big controversies. Like, are there people who know stuff that Jesus said that nobody else was allowed to know unless they were part of the cool crowd? Gary Machuda is author of The Gospel Truth, How We Can Know What Christ Taught. Gary, good morning. Morning, Matt. I mean, I hate to oversimplify Gnosticism by saying that it's just Jesus told me and my cool friends cool stuff that none of the rest of y'all could know unless you're cool too. But it seems to me like this is part of the impulse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that actually kind of, uh, it does kind of grasp the the, um, the gist of it. I mean, the whole idea of Gnostics, Gnosticism of course, that's based on the Greek word for gnosis, which means knowledge. So the Gnostics were the so-called knowing ones. You know, so there is a kind of sense of superiority that you have a special uh, revelation that was given only for the real smart people as opposed to the rank and file that received lesser revelation. And so, I mean, that's, that was attractive back then. And by the way, it's still attractive today. It's been attractive ever since <laughs> the beginnings of the church yeah. in one way or another throughout church yeah. history. I'm reminded in the 19, I want to say 80s, uh, there was this guy, Mike Knott, who was part of this Christian band called Lifesavers Underground. And they came out with this concept album called The Great Prophet. And uh, The Great Prophet's whole deal was like, I know that Jesus and I, we had this whole thing that we talked about. And uh, I can't tell you, you're just going to have to trust me. 
right? You're just going to have to trust me yeah. to tell you, you know, what he said. But that kind of takes us back to the very beginning because when the church tries to combat this, it's pretty clear from the church fathers that they make sure to explain that Jesus didn't tell people a bunch of secret stuff, that the gospel was fairly public knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and w- probably the hammer that destroyed Gnosticism uh, was Irenaeus of Lyon, St. Irenaeus. And his main apology, it was twofold. One was, he said, if Jesus really did give you secret knowledge, then we should expect to find a unity of teaching among all the various uh, Gnostics out there. But instead, you know, in excruciating detail, if you ever get a chance to read his Against Heresy, he goes through and goes through all the peculiar, strange, and contradictory teachings of all these different Gnostic sects. So how do you account for the disunity amongst all these Gnostics if they claim that they they got this all from Jesus? And then the other side of that hammer was, he said, look at the church. Look all over a wide geographical area, especially those churches that can trace themselves back to the apostles. And what you'll find is that there is a unity of teaching throughout. And again, that shows that when you have multiple attestations, like we've been saying throughout the series, all coalescing to the same point, that infers that there must be a point of unity, a a common source that they draw from. And so this was in, you know, 180 AD, and Irenaeus was able to point to the the universal agreement on various doctrines uh, uh, that all Christians believe in. So this is such an important point, and it might seem like, you know, we have to deal with this today because you've got televangelists and you've got uh, YouTubers. Uh, I mean, televangelists, I I sound actually old by saying that. You've got YouTubers who are saying, well, you know, I feel like Christ is telling us this, that this is the real way that the church ought to be. But throughout history, I mean, even throughout like the, the 19th century, you've got folks like... You know, William Miller and Joseph Smith founding the Mormons and Charles Taze Russell finding, find, founding the uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses. And they all seem to have this kind of sense that, like, you know, God told me something that he didn't tell anybody else. And yeah. the church yeah, has kind of true. always said that this that's – God would never tell, like, one random dude stuff that he didn't tell the whole church. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, in the, we've gone over that in this series is – you know, our God is the God of history, right? God isn't just a thought system that you can obtain just purely intellectually. God becomes man. He dwells among us, and he makes a historic footprint. And he purposely uses people, you know, the, the structure, the church, to transmit the truth. And that can be verified. And we, we've done thought experiments where just simply thinking, well, how could I verify the information, you know, at first and second and third generations after Jesus? The church gives you ample uh, means to, to do that verification. And uh, and that's very different from Gnosticism. Gnosticism utterly failed. And like you said, all these individuals in history, too, that, that seems contrary to how God relates to his people, both in the New Testament and also in the Old Testament. Well, I'm trying to even think about how to how to phrase that because to say that Gnosticism utterly failed is almost to like imply that Gnosticism was like a unified thing. It's almost yeah. <laughs> it's almost more accurate to right. say all of the Gnosticisms 
have failed because none of them agree with one another. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing with Gnostics. If you were in a particular sect, it would seem plausible, right, because your sect kind of has a unity of teaching. But when you look at it in aggregate as a whole, then you see it utterly fails because each sect had its own esoteric beliefs. None of them were remotely similar to the other ones. So, you know, I'm just trying to think about, like, how this would would play out through the course of, of Christian history, that Jesus would give us the church, would give us the sacraments, would give us all these things, and then trick us, and then in, like, 1842, tell Bob <laughs> what was really going on. And then Bob would be like, ah, I'm sorry, guys, uh, you know, Jesus... He misled you for 1,840 years or so, and now he finally came to me. I mean, when you think – if you take like a little bit of a uh, – just a, a step back and you apply a little logic, you can see how like the whole Gnostic argument, I mean, it really fails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, the only way to make that plausible is to come up with some sort of uh, great apostasy theory. Yeah. Only the Gnostics, I think, were actually more insidious. They didn't have a great apostasy theory. They just thought that there was this in-group within the church that yeah. got secret uh, Oh, man, that is so people. insidious, though. Like, how yeah. badly do we want to be part of the cool kids who actually get it? <laughs> that's I true. Mean, yeah. That's like a peri- That's not just a, a Christian heretical thing. That's like a human thing. We always want to be part of the cool group. Right, you always want the, the latest, greatest versions, right? You, you don't want two point. You, you want three point oh. You don't want two point oh. Yeah. You don't want two one point oh. You want two point oh. You know, it's it, it, that that in itself made Gnosticism very attractive and also very deadly. Well, you've gotten into this uh, not only in this book, the Gospel Truth, but also in your book, Revolt Against Reality. You spend a lot of time. On Gnosticism. If our listeners want to find those books and anything else that you, you've been working on, Gary Machuda, how do they do so? Sure, they could go to handsonapologetics.com. Linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Gary Machuda, we always appreciate your insight and expertise. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Matt. You too. All right. Quarter till. We're back with headlines right after this. Support is for MediShare. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too. For over 30 years, it's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing, too. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another $150 savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but just call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And remember, the deadline is December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Here's the number, 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me. 
Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Beyond Damascus with Dan Denate and Aaron Richards is our show for young adults. Everybody's talking about encounter. Everybody's talking about that mountaintop experience. What we fail to often talk about is what happens after, what happens beyond that Damascus moment. Jesus Christ is calling all of us to be missionary disciples, disciples of Jesus who are on mission to bring the kingdom of God here and now on this earth. Beyond Damascus with Dan Demite and Aaron Richards, Saturday at 8 Eastern on EWTN Radio. This is Dr. David Anders. Is God an angry God? We answer questions like these every day on Call to Communion, today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 13 past. Here's Anna with headlines. The Israel-Hamas war has now entered into its second month. Pope Francis asked again for prayers for peace in the Holy Land and around the world during his general audience. It was an appeal he actually made himself taking the microphone. But an aide read his general aid, his general audience catechesis, focusing on apostolic zeal and the Holy Spirit as the Pope continues to recover from bronchitis. You can hear news at the top and bottom of each hour right here on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 12 till. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Courtney Brown. He's executive director of the Ruah Woods Institute. We're continuing our series of mini lessons based on their K-12 through theology of the body curriculum called Revealed. Good morning, Courtney. Good morning. How are you doing, Amy? I am doing fine, and I'm excited to talk to you about this mini lesson today, uh, we're continuing through the second grade curriculum and uh, the final lesson, particularly, of course, second grade, notably the year that that most school age kids receive first Holy Communion. So can you talk about how in this lesson you connect the theology of the body to the tabernacle that contains the Eucharist? Yeah, so as we know, and some of the themes of the theology body, we're talking about the human person and how it reveals our body, reveals who God is. There's a theology of the body, JP2, kind of talks about this a little bit, the sacramentality of the body, mm-hmm. which basically means that um, our bodies make the invisible reality of God visible. And this is very fitting, too, that he also talks through that whole idea of making ourselves a sincere gift of self. And one of the ways in which we participate in an exchange of gifts of self with our God is, is through the Eucharist. So to help our students understand this is that for that scripture passage that refers to our bodies being a temple of the Holy Spirit, that this is an actual participation in that very reality, that as you enter into communion with the Lord, our bodies become, in a certain respect, the tabernacle. He kind of dwells with us and within us as we receive him. So we have a lesson that's built around the power of the of Jesus through the Eucharist coming into the, our lives, but also how our bodies can reflect that when we receive him. So they do a whole activity based off of how our bodies can reveal God and become living tabernacles to the world. And then, we, you know, they, they draw, they look at tabernacles, they have pictures about that and the beauty and wonder and splendor. So as I know I've told you before, the whole point of this uh, curriculum is to draw them into wonder and awe. Well, this is by far the source and summit of our faith. And, you know, what, what we want more than anything, specifically with a Catholic 
education or even any lessons we do is draw them into a deep encounter with the, the real sacramental reality of Christ. And there's no better way to do that than the source of some of our faith, which yeah. is the Eucharist. Yeah. I mean, even before receiving Holy Communion for the first time, I mean, you think about the temple as, as in, in the Old Testament as, as being the place that contained the presence of God, the glory cloud of God that, that was there. And the Spirit comes into us at baptism. So we are temples from the moment of our baptism, but then it gets even um, more real, I guess you could say, when we receive the Holy Eucharist, because we do, we like become, our bodies become a tabernacle holding the body of Christ. So what sort of of implications does that have when we think about the importance of our bodies, Courtney? So it, it really just comes back to the fact that our God knows us better than we know ourselves, mm-hmm. and that we're an incarnational faith, that when the Word became flesh and then dwelt among us, you know, that the whole, our bodies create this certain theology that, you know, the Lord actually, the bodies matter, and that we we're kind of in this culture where the body it's being completely, completely thrown to the wayside. doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want with it. It's objectified when you want to do something with it. You know, mm-hmm. all that to say, when you really come back to it, is that our body is, is, is a way in which we experience our God. And the one of the things that I, I constantly just reflect on this is how sublime this reality is, is that we have a God, the creator of the universe. I was just telling my son at Mass the other day, the reason we're reverent and we kneel before our Lord is the creator of the universe that's making himself known and before us. And it's so it's so sublime that he would do that. And I remember Fulton Sheen saying something, um, and I, I can't remember what book it was, but it was, it was one of his reflections that if we couldn't recognize Christ in the Eucharist, we would not have recognized him as a man. And, and I really think about that quite wow. a bit, that how— I think that's very true. I think Pope Jean's on to something there, that when it says that he was a ghastly sight in the book of Isaiah, there was nothing that would have made him appear to us to be this divine being outside of the miracles that he shows. And even when he was showing miracles, it was hard for people to, like, wrap their heads around yeah. who this man was. And the Eucharist is just no different. It's, it's The act of faith is knowing that this is our God who's come before us and desires complete complete union with us. So this whole thing, and the whole point of even the idea of the sacrament of marriage is to participate in this reality, that our Lord wants to participate in his very life. And as a principle, I, you know, I had two pillars that I kind of got from John Bosco, and the two pillars were a devotion to Our Lady Help of Christians and, and a devotion to the Mass. It was the Eucharist. And it's like forming kids and helping them see the, the beauty of this one thing, this one ritual we do that's just deep and so real this is what this is the this is what they'll carry for you know having the taste of heaven this is what takes them on for the rest of their life if if i could do anything as an administrator as a parent as a father as a friend and just point people to this reality because christ changes hearts you know i just want to help them do it you know so that's kind of how um we approach this with our curriculum is that we're really wanting kids and wanting um, teachers to understand that the power of the dignity of a human person rests in this idea that we are unique and we are unrepeatable, that there's going to never be another you. And the Lord helps us to see that by participating in the sacramental life of the Church. Absolutely. This is how 
And so then, uh, so then, Courtney, how then will this play into what you hope will be a, a fostering of a Eucharistic culture at the school in which these students are learning? Yes. Um, the one thing that I know for sure that it will do is a constant reflection on we're coming before our God and that there are two places where God dwells and where but I would say that there's real tabernacles, one after receiving the Eucharist, so that's actually three places. But the other one, too, is, is that in the tabernacle in the church, there's also in the room of a, of a, of a woman when there's conception, that the Lord infuses a soul, and that the life is sacred from the moment it starts, and that in that sacredness that we, God is dwelling inside the body. Like, he's, <laughs> I, it's just another reality that the kids realize that our, our Lord comes into that moment when he breathes life into us, like we're all participating and we all come from that, you know, Genesis account where God breathes life into the, you know, the nostrils, if you will, that ruah, the breath of God. That breath of God is also existent in the moment of conception, conception when he infuses the soul into the, into the womb. So the Eucharist can point us to like, you know, there's moments within our own lives that we see this, that God is very ever present. Wow. Beautiful. We've been talking to Courtney Brown with the Rua Woods Institute. You can find their revealed K through 12 theology of the body curriculum linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Courtney, really appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Same here. God bless you. You too. Thank you very much. All right. That will do it for this national edition of the Sunrise Morning Show on this feast of St. Ambrose of Milan. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, a holy day of obligation. Until then, EWTN, we will talk to you tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Bill Levitt here, and my advice for static-free winter listening is get the Sacred Heart Radio app by going to sacredheartradio.com and using the QR code. Then you'll hear us on your phone from anywhere and car radio through Bluetooth. If you listen to the radio while driving and 740 has too much interference, try 910 a.m. at home. Ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio or visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Listen Live to enjoy Sacred Heart Radio static-free. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers Drs. David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. 
St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles in Miamisburg carries many of the books heard on Sacred Heart Radio. Online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. That's stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. Proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, understands the importance of a helping hand when life becomes difficult. Through the grace of God and the amazing generosity of volunteers and donors, St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky has been able to provide over $200,000 in rent and utility assistance to nearly 2,000 neighbors in need in the last 12 weeks alone. The prayer is to continue to faithfully serve those in need well into the future. To learn how you can help, visit svdpnky.org and follow along on social media. I'm Father Ronald Half from Our Lady of Divine Providence Family of Parishes. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Thursday, the 7th of December. Let's pray together through the intercession of St. Ambrose in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, how many are the wonders and designs you have worked for us. You promise salvation through the gift of your own Son. Strengthen us in hope for his coming. You chose Mary, daughter of Israel, to receive your word in faith. Strengthen us in joy as we look toward the fulfillment of your promises. You sent messengers before him to announce the good news of his coming. Strengthen us in willingness to hear the gospel proclaimed and preached. God of all grace, you poured out your Holy Spirit into St. Ambrose, that he might preach and teach and sing your praises with wisdom and eloquence. Through the message he proclaimed, make each generation holy through fidelity fidelity to Christ. Your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, forever. Amen. St. Ambrose, pray for us. Hit a few words wrong in that one, a little bit because Annie Mitchell and Paul Lockman and Travis and Bill Levitt and Haley and Bev and Gail and Father Rob, we're all a little bit fried. We had a big day yesterday, and you helped us make it a big day. We had our $60,000 one-day pledge drive. We got about 75% there-ish. And if you didn't give yesterday but want to give today, you can go to sacredheartradio.com, hit the give button. You can give on Venmo. The uh, handle is at Sacred Heart Radio, or you can call right now. Uh, it's 513-731-7740. Up this hour, we're going to talk to Danielle Bean from the Girlfriends Podcast. Also, Father Philip Michael Tangora. We'll talk to Dr. John Cutterback, who's always up to something involving God and the nature of his creation. Also, Chris McGregor with Reflections from the Office of Reading. So please do stay with us if you can. 
Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news, a service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Good morning. Issue 2 takes effect in the state of Ohio today. The measure passed by voters last month legalizes marijuana for recreational use. With lawmakers in Columbus considering changes to the law, Hamilton City Council members yesterday voted to implement a temporary ban on marijuana dispensaries. The ban would last until June 12th of next year. Issue one, meanwhile, which enshrines a right to abortion in the Ohio Constitution, is set to go into effect tomorrow. It remains unclear what effect that will have on pro-life laws on the books already to protect women seeking abortions. The Israel-Hamas war is now in its second month. Israel says its forces are operating in the heart of southern Gaza's main city as it's believed Hamas leaders are being housed in the area. The United Nations said Israel's ground invasion is creating an increasingly apocalyptic situation for Palestinians in the southern part of the region, saying food, water and medicine are running very low. Pope Francis made another request for prayers for peace in the Holy Land and around the world during his general audience yesterday. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tullock reports. Although the Pope is continuing to recover from bronchitis and so did not read his catechesis aloud at the general audience, he did take the microphone to express his closeness to those who are suffering from war in many countries across the globe. Let us not forget to pray for those who suffer from the tragedy of war, in particular the peoples of Ukraine, Israel and Palestine. War is always a defeat. No one has anything to gain from war. It is a defeat for everyone, except for the weapons manufacturers. More than 16,200 Palestinians, two-thirds of them women and children, have been killed in the Israeli offensive in the Gaza Strip so far. The offensive is retaliation for a rampage by Hamas militants who killed more than 1,000 Israelis and abducted 240 others on the 7th of October. That was Joseph Tullock reporting in his general audience catechesis. The Holy Father continued his series on apostolic zeal. This one read by an aide, and the Holy Father focused on the role of the Holy Spirit. He said, without the Holy Spirit, all zeal is vain and falsely apostolic. He said, it would only be our own and would not bear fruit. At least three people are dead after an active shooting in the at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Police say a fourth person is in critical condition at a local hospital. The shooter is dead. He was a 67-year-old career college professor who had ties to school in G- schools in Georgia and North Carolina and had reportedly applied unsuccessfully for a job at UNLV. The school will be closed for the rest of the week, and the UNLV men's basketball team did not play last night in an away game against the Dayton Flyers. Former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy has said he will resign from Congress at the end of the year. More from Mark Mayfield. This comes after McCarthy was the first Speaker of the House to be ousted from power in the middle of their congressional term. He was ousted by a small minority of conservative Republicans. In an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, McCarthy said he's decided to leave the House to serve America in new ways. I'm Mark Mayfield. 
8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show. And Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. Well, thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. And uh, yesterday, the Reds have uh, made a splash officially. They have signed third baseman Yamir Candelario. He is uh, a new, the newest Red. The deal is worth $45 million guaranteed for three years in a club option. And uh, this guy's coming off his finest season of his career. 30-year-old uh, having a, uh, he's a switch hitter and batted 251 with 22 homers, 39 doubles, three triples, and was eight for nine on uh, stealing bases. So uh, welcome to the team. May see another shakeup as far as... Uh, Jonathan India? Maybe not Jonathan India. It doesn't sound like we're going to trade him. Oh, but good. Okay. It sounds like we might that might push Spencer Steer back out to the outfield. outfield. So okay. uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Also, uh, congratulations. I mentioned it in the afternoon, but uh, still... I, I feel like it goes, uh, it fits in well with my sports cast here. Bengals quarterback Jake Browning took home the AFC wow. Offensive Player of the Week honors and uh, well-deserved coming in, backing up Joe Burrow. He threw uh, passes for 86%, uh, 354 yards, a touchdown in the team's overtime win over Jacksonville. Need more games like that, Jake. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bengals take on the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday afternoon. Cool. There you go. Let's look at traffic now with service of Rose Automotive. Pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton. On the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. What you got, Anna? Got an accident blocking the right lane of eastbound 74 just before the 75 interchange. Maybe a 30-minute delay backed up toward North Bend right now. Um, Once you get out of the 74 Uh, interchange up to 75. If you're going northbound, you'll be slowing from there up until Paddock. Southbound 75 is running slow as you head through the Lachlan split. Southbound 71, you are off and on heavy and slow from Fields Hurdle to the Norwood Lateral. Looking in northern Kentucky, northbound 71, 75 is slowing from Turfway up to the Cut in the Hill. Northbound 471 is slow from Alexandria Pike up to the river. And westbound 275, slowing through the construction from Turkey Foot over toward Mineola Pike. Now, for weather, getting warmer today. Mostly sunny and breezy today in Cincinnati with a high of 53 degrees. It'll be mostly clear tonight and an overnight low of 40. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 59 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly sunny today with a high of 53 degrees. Partly cloudy skies tonight and an overnight low of 40. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow and a high of 57 degrees. Today is Thursday, December the 7th. Of course, today we remember the anniversary of the Pearl Harbor attack. A day that will live in infamy, but for us here on Catholic Radio, of course, more importantly, the Feast of St. Ambrose of Milan, the honey-tongued doctor of the church. I believe Danielle Bean has a son named Ambrose, so buono nomastico to him, right, Danielle? That's right. That's right. I was just thinking of him this morning. Yeah, so uh, wish him a happy feast day for us. We'll do that. Thank you. Maybe we'll celebrate with something honey. Ooh, that's a good idea. (laughs) That's a good idea. I know you like to bake, so that's I good. I know, that's yes. That's good. 
Well, Danielle Bean is joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show. You can invite her to speak or lead a retreat. Listen to her girlfriend's podcast through her site, daniellebean.com. Danielle, it's good to have you back. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Absolutely. So we are going to be talking about the uh, idea of expectation today. Of course, a major theme in Advent as we look ahead with great expectation to the Feast of the Nativity. Now, Danielle, you are a mother of eight. Mm -hmm. Um, Has pregnancy enhanced your understanding or given you any insights into this theme of expectation during Advent? Absolutely. It's really a beautiful thing to reflect on, whether you've ever been pregnant or not. Kind of the parallels between pregnancy and that anticipation of a baby coming and the ways that we prepare that kind of joyful anticipation of new life. And that's exactly what this liturgical season is all about. We're pregnant. We're waiting for baby Jesus. We're preparing our hearts to receive him. There's so many beautiful parallels between the ways We prepare for a baby coming home into our home for us to love and care for, for us to meet for the first time, and the ways that we prepare for receiving our Lord during the season of Advent. Well, this is something that the Blessed Virgin Mary had had quite the experience with, too. I know, I know. It's It's really beautiful to reflect on her, especially during the season of Advent. One of my favorite things to reflect on, especially as I'm I'm praying, uh, you know, the the mysteries of the rosary and just remembering Our Lady's experiences as she learned she was to become the mother of God, that beautiful kind of wonder at the amazement of this beautiful thing that God was working in her life, and then the anticipation of this baby coming and completely trusting in God to care for her through that process. And what a beautiful gift for her to be given that role in salvation history and for her to be able to reflect on just physically receiving the gift of Jesus, you know, in her, in her body, in her womb, to, to physically love and nurture and care for him in that way. And as always, our Blessed Mother goes first and she gives us that beautiful example of humble obedience to the will of God mm-hmm. and that receptivity to his life in her Beautiful. Um, Well, we've said any number of times before here on the show, and I know you know this, that the season of Advent is not just about expecting the baby Jesus 2,000 years ago, but is actually about our expectation as Christians for the king of the universe to return in glory to judge the living and the dead. So I'm wondering what you think about this, because I would... Well, I was thinking about um, with with my fourth child, Agnes, um, I I was literally folding the first load of newborn laundry that I had done when I could, you know, tell that she was she was coming. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I better get some of these clothes in a bag right now. I mean, what if we thought about the coming of Christ in that way with that kind of sense of urgency? Right, right. And that's what we're called to do, right? And that's what all the beautiful readings this time of year are reminding us. We're watching, we're waiting, don't let him catch you unawares. Mm-hmm. And yet we, we are living our lives so so often in ways that are, are not in preparation for the Lord, which aren't thinking about that second coming of Lord, the King of the universe. And so I think it's a beautiful time to remind us of that. Of course, we need to be living our lives always in that way, but especially during the season of Advent, 
how do you want him to catch you coming? You know, that beautiful reading from Isaiah last Sunday was just such a bold reminder. Like, don't let him catch you at a bad time. (laughs) It was like praying, Lord, may the time be good when you come. May you catch us doing good. And yet we know we're in control of that, right? We choose how we're going to be living our lives. So I love that the church in her wisdom in the liturgical year has built in this season of Advent, which is a crazy busy time of year, you know, preparing for Christmas Day and all the things that we do in a secular way for that, but also a reminder to be preparing our hearts. Advent is meant to be a penitential season, not on the same level that Lent is, but it's been called a mini Lent. Are there things that you can do to prepare yourself for that? You know, I like to think about the parallels between like nesting when you're pregnant Mm -hmm. and preparing for a baby, right? we Many of us have experienced that kind of surge of hormones where it's like, nothing can be clean enough. I have to clean out my entire <laughs> house and organize the sock drawer and all these crazy things that our, our uh, natural selves kind of urge us to do to prepare for a baby. Well, how can you clean house for the coming of the Lord? How can you clean up? How can you maybe let go of old grudges or forgive somebody or ask for forgiveness from somebody, heal a broken relationship, go to confession, if nothing else? Find a way to get yourself to confession during the season of Advent before the coming of Christmas. Beautiful way to celebrate that sacrament. Celebrate and receive God's merciful love and healing there. And clean your heart in preparation to receive him. Yep, clean house. I mean, it's like, you know, Annie, you had nine months to do that first load of laundry. (laughs) Like, what were you thinking waiting until the last minute? We need to have that kind of attitude in our lives as we prepare for Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't wait for the hormones to kick in. (laughs) (laughs) For real. For real. So you mentioned, um, you know, those who have been pregnant or not can learn from this. I mean, we we as as mothers have had this very real experience of of expectation, this hope, Mm -hmm. which I think is another another virtue, another way that we can think of this idea of expectation in in a very concrete way, having been pregnant ourselves. But Right. For those um, men or, or children, those who haven't been pregnant before in their lives, can they also get some insights from expecting a new baby um, for what we've been talking about here in our spiritual lives? Absolutely. I think just reflecting on Our Lady and her experience, because none of us have that experience, right? Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> and true. Yet yeah. we can learn, yeah, we can learn so much from that. Just one other takeaway that I think applies to everyone is the idea of really being present during the season of Advent with with Our Lady, just being present to what's going on around you, to the people around you, being present in that moment. And this is something that can be very hard to do during an extra busy time of year, but taking time away for prayer, for quiet, for stillness, and for truly being aware of God's work in your life, God, God's living presence in your life, that requires slowing down and observing your relationships with other people, being fully present in your work, being fully aware of the ways that God is speaking to you and the ins and outs and ups and downs of your day. That's the beautiful example that Our Lady gives us in her receptivity, physical receptivity to the presence of the Lord. But it started with her, yes. It started with her wanting to please God in all things, wanting to choose his will over hers. And there's such a lesson in simple, humble obedience and receptivity for all of us there. Yeah, and you can look to St. Joseph in in quite similar ways, I think. So Absolutely. Stuff. 
Good stuff from Danielle Bean. You can find her website, daniellebean.com, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Danielle, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You too. Thank you very much. All right, it's 18 past. we got traffic and weather coming up next. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith, where Erica T. Campbell will discuss her new book on home entitled Living the Seasons. Dr. Jennifer Roback Morris will stress the importance of pregnancy resource centers. I'll reflect on the life of St. Ambrose of Milan, this frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled, and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finer Meats has continually offered prime beef, top quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood, and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finer Meats, 574-3100 and online at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Have you explored God's calling for your life? Come and experience consecrated life for a week. See if God might be calling you to serve Him with an undivided heart. Share in prayer and community life centered on the Eucharist and devoted to Mary. Participate in our mission to strengthen families in the Catholic faith. This spring and fall, visit the Catholic Corps for a come and see week at Catholic Family Land near Steubenville, Ohio. For more information, go to afc.org cc. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brosartpharmacy.com. 20 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show, and this traffic report is a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at larkincobb.com. Looks like they cleared up the accident on eastbound 74, but uh, you are still dealing with a backup at the moment, slowing from just past North Bend into the 75 interchange. Things have calmed down on northbound 75, just a little heavy from Mitchell up toward Paddock. Southbound 75 slowing as you head through the Lachlan split still. Southbound 71, mostly heavy between 275 and the Norwood lateral in northern Kentucky. Still slowing from uh, just past Turfway up toward the cut in the hill and westbound 275 toward the bottom of the loop, slowing from 7175 over toward Mineola Pike going through the construction there and Dayton traffic looking fine. All right, now for weather. Mostly sunny skies and warmer today in Cincinnati. It'll be breezy as well with a high of 53 degrees. Mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 40. It'll be mostly cloudy tomorrow and high of 59 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly sunny today and breezy with a high of 53. Partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 40. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow with a high of 57 degrees. Want to extend the gratitude of all of us here at Sacred Heart Radio for those of you who participated in our Advent Pledge Drive yesterday on the Feast of St. Nicholas. 
I'm looking at the running total on the front page of our website. Go to sacredheartradio.com. Hint, hint, there's a donate button there. If you didn't give yesterday, um, you can still give today or tomorrow or any time that you would like. But um, particularly want to uh, ask those of you who haven't given to consider a gift before the end of the year to help us get to that $60,000 goal. We raised $43,185, which is not bad. And we are so grateful for all of you, especially those of you who made first-time gifts and for all of you who made a persevering gift, a monthly donation to Sacred Heart Radio. Um, We are so, so grateful. Well, we're grateful for all of you. We're grateful for all of you. So thank you. Thank you so much. And don't forget, you can donate, sacredheartradio.com. And we've got Venmo now, Venmo at Sacred Heart Radio, all one word, all spelled out. And uh, you can make a donation that way. Pretty cool. Now, please pray with me at the prayer for Ohio, especially as abortion is about to be enshrined into the state constitution tomorrow. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart offer the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Father Philip Michael Tangora joins us next. It's 24 past. If you just received Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter, then you also receive the QR card for everyone to scan our QR code and get the Sacred Heart Radio app. Then they can hear us on their smartphone from anywhere and car radio through Bluetooth, where it sounds better than FM and never fades no matter where they travel. So to shine the light of Christ into every soul you know, flash the QR card and share the media source you use to hear the good news. Sacred Heart Radio and the Sacred Heart Radio app. Ken Herbert Plumbing is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. With over 20 years' experience in residential and commercial plumbing service repairs and rated A-plus from the BBB, Ken Herbert Plumbing, 513-383-2974. 513-383-2974. In the past decade, more people have chosen natural or green options when planning a funeral, and the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help. Natural or green burials are actually quite traditional. It's how people were laid to rest for most of human history. Find out more about natural or green options for burial or cremation at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, where they also offer zero financing for pre-planning. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or at cccsohio.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymaid.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. 
Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Father Philip Michael Tangora back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's a pastor, a canon lawyer, and author of Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life. Father, it's good to have you back. It's good to be back. So Bishop Robert Barron of Word on Fire fame, he was one of the participants mm-hmm. at the assembly for the Synod on Synodality in October. Uh, spent that month in Rome in deliberations. I believe they were doing this six days a week. And he has just recently put out a piece at Word on Fire with uh, some of his reflections on it. Now a little more than a month um, after leaving Rome. Can you give us, in general, a sense of what he had to say in this, first of all? Well, first, he, he provided a very positive outlook on the Synod in regards his experience of the universality of the Catholic Church, of the different ways that uh, people were coming, the different perspectives, and how that even changed some of his ways of thinking, because when you're encountering people from church in all other different countries and areas, you're obviously going to have these different perspectives and not see things exactly how he would see them in the pastoral and administrative experiences he's had in Illinois, California, uh, etc. Yeah. Okay. So there are a couple of quotes in here that I'd like mm-hmm. for you to unpack. And I want to start with um, his, actually, it's his third area of interest slash concern, as he put it, yes. uh, the notion of mission. So he writes this, there was, at least to my mind, a fair amount of ambiguity around the meaning of the word itself. Judging from what we mm-hmm. read in the Instrumentum Laboris, mission seemed more often than not to designate the church's work in favor of social justice and the betterment of the economic and political situation of the poor. Conspicuous by their absence in the texts on mission were references to sin, grace, redemption, cross, resurrection, eternal life, and salvation. And this represents a real danger. So that's what he said. Why? Do you agree with him? I absolutely agree with him. Uh, The primary and sole purpose of the Catholic Church is the salvation of souls, period, end of statement. In the effusion of the gospel in the world, uh, which is primarily there for the salvation of souls, just the way uh, Augustine, uh, in his dictum that, that was then later quoted by Galileo about how the scriptures tell us how to go to heaven, not how the heavens go, Mm-hmm. The whole purpose of scripture and tradition, the whole purpose of divine revelation, the whole purpose of the mission of the church, the sacraments, etc., are the salvation of souls, period, end of statement. In that act of bringing about the salvation of souls, obviously, we need to care for the whole human person, all right? Because holiness is W-H-O-L-I-N-E-S-S. Yes. Holiness, all right? So we need to take care of the heart, mind, body, and the soul. So therefore, we have to take care of the poor, the sick, 
the disenfranchised, those in prison, those who are homeless, those who are needy and in and, and need, and need want. All right. So then we need to provide for all people and all this. That is secondary. But even if we look in the fourth Eucharistic prayer, which is the adaptation of St. Basil's anaphora, what we see is that he proclaimed salvation to the poor mm. and freedom to captives. And that freedom was primarily a spiritual freedom. That was the whole issue with Judas. He didn't come for social, political amelioration of the land of Israel and Judah. He came for the salvation of their souls, yeah. for their spiritual liberation. So obviously this is very important and I wholeheartedly agree. Canon law in Canon 1752 in the Latin code makes clear that the supreme law of the church is the salvation of souls, period, end of statement. You know, as I was reading this, it kind of occurred to me that Perhaps those who were drafting this and those who um, who are of the same mind, this idea of mission being the church's work in favor of social justice, perhaps are stuck in the past a little bit in that um, meaning that you kind of take Christendom for granted and maybe they just assume that people think that the humanitarian work of the church is because we are Catholic. And, well, I think that that kind of overlooks the fact that we are in essentially a post-Christian society anymore, where I don't think that we can take that for granted. We must proclaim Christ as we, uh, as we work for social justice. And that was the whole point of John Paul II's encyclical Redemptoris Missio. Yeah. All right. There we are. Yeah. So, yes, the church uh, definitely needs to make sure that that's always understood. That the primary purpose of the church is the salvation of souls. There we go. Now, another quote from Bishop Barron in here. He says, another principal theme of the synod discussions was the play or perceived tension between truth and love. And um, mm -hmm. a lot of this having to do with sexual morality, particularly um, surrounding uh, the LGBT discussion. So can you talk a little bit about that before we let you go? Yeah, sure. Well, the issue of moral development on human sexuality, which is what he was addressing, and the, the Synod is obviously addressing... Quote, unquote, moral uh, development, yeah. Yes. I really, uh, you know, I appreciate uh, Bishop Barron's defense of the theology of the body and the rich treasury of moral theology that the church has, the, because that seemed to have been denigrated and disrespected by a lot of the people at the Synod. The fact, though, remains two people of the same sex lack the necessary sexual complement to produce life. All right. And so, like Bishop Barron is saying, this will never change. And even surgical intervention does not provide for natural, unifying, dignified and dignified both ways concerning the parties reproducing and the life created, you know, a dignified act of reproduction. Yeah. So the etiology and psychology of the LGBT may lead to a reform of paragraphs 2357 through 2359 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, especially the citation of persona humana, which refers to human sexual per, uh, homosexual persons as intrinsically disordered. But the reality remains, 
of human sexuality being ordered onto the procreation of the species, and that is unchanging. And that is unchanging. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much, Father Philip Michael Tangora, for your thoughts this morning. You can find Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. 34 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. Issue 2 takes effect in the state of Ohio today. The measure passed by voters last month legalizes marijuana for recreational use. Lawmakers in Columbus are considering changes to the law. Meanwhile, Issue 1, which enshrines a right to abortion in the Ohio Constitution, is set to go into effect tomorrow. The Israel-Hamas war is now in its second month. Israel says its forces are operating in the heart of southern Gaza's main city as it's believed Hamas leaders are being housed in the area. The United Nations has said Israel's ground invasion is creating what they've called an increasingly apocalyptic situation for Palestinians in the southern part of the region as food, water, and medicine are running very low. Pope Francis made another request for prayers for peace around the world during his general audience yesterday and in the Holy Land. He said, let's not forget to pray for those who suffer the tragedy of war, in particular, the peoples of Ukraine, Israel, and Palestine, saying, war is always a defeat. No one has anything to gain from it. It is a defeat for everyone except for weapons manufacturers. The Holy Father took the microphone himself to make this appeal with his own voice. An aide read his catechesis, and in that catechesis, the Holy Father continued his series on apostolic zeal, focusing this time on the Holy Spirit. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Here it is. Without the Holy Spirit, all zeal is vain and falsely apostolic, Pope Francis said at Wednesday's general audience. It would only be our own and would not bear fruit. In recent weeks, the Pope has been reflecting on the essential characteristics of the proclamation of the gospel, which is joyful, addressed to everyone, and relevant to our times. The final characteristic, Pope Francis said, is the need for the proclamation to take place in the Spirit, the protagonist of evangelization, who is responsible for the spread of the gospel. However, he continued, the primacy of the Spirit should not induce us to indolence. He added, confidence in the Spirit does not justify disengagement. Instead, the Holy Spirit inspires the Church's mission, which should imitate the style of the Spirit, marked by creativity and simplicity. Pope Francis then invited the faithful to allow the Holy Spirit to be the source of all our being and of our work. The Holy Spirit enlivens and rejuvenates the Church, he said. With Him, we must not fear, because He, who is harmony, always keeps creativity and simplicity together, inspires communion, and sends out in mission, opens to diversity, and leads back to unity. But Francis concluded his reflection with the prayer, Come, Holy Spirit. I'm Christopher Wells. 8.37 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. Thank you very much. Anna Mitchell, Reds have made a move late into the night. They have agreed to a deal with third baseman Yamir Candelario. He is, uh, that deal is pending to physical. Deal is worth $45 million guaranteed over three years with a club option for the fourth year. And that would be up to $60 million. Candelario, Candelario, excuse me, is 30 years old, coming off his one of his finest seasons of his career, the former top prospect. Batted 251 with 22 homers, 39 doubles, three triples, and was eight for nine 
stealing bases. So uh, welcome to the club. Bengals are uh, honoring Jake Browning and uh, not just the Bengals, the AFC honoring him as well. He was named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week after throwing for 354 yards, completing 86% of his passes. Also a touchdown in the win over Jacksonville on Monday night. Bengals look to uh, keep things going. They're 6-6 six and six and will host the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. That's a look at sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. so many businesses choose to underwrite Sacred Heart Radio? It's because our radio signals reach over 600,000 Catholics locally who've told us they want to use the businesses they hear on Sacred Heart Radio. Listeners that are also in the perfect target consumer group according to our latest survey. And this is the ideal time to get your business in front of our listeners with our special Christmas underwriting packages. To find out more, email me Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery. And he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700. Online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. Celebrate the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe with a pro-life rosary and procession, Saturday, December 10th at 2 p.m. at Holy Name Church in Mount Auburn. More information at sacredheartradio.com slash events. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on me. O oh God, forgive me for all the sins of my life, the sins of my youth and the sins of my age, the sins of my body and the sins of my soul, the sins I have confessed and the sins I have forgotten. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Divine heart of Jesus, save the dying. Deliver the holy souls in purgatory. Amen. Happy to welcome back to the Sunrise Morning Show, Dr. John Cutterback. Check out his resources, including his free man or woman of the household courses at his site, life-craft.org. Good morning, Dr. Cutterback. Good morning, Annie. It's good to have you back. And we're discussing wonder today. Uh, first of all, what is wonder and what would be its contribution to our pursuit of the good life? Well, I love that question. All right, so here, here is what Aristotle says about wonder. He kind of points to several parts of it, and then you kind of see those parts together and you get a sense of, get a sense of the whole. So he says you can only wonder if you have first seen something rather dramatic. First, it begins in knowledge. You have to have a vision of something. In seeing that, you recognize that there's so much more to see. So that's why it has to be mm -hmm. something kind of special, something a little bit more. You grasp it, but you grasp in such a way that you get a sense that there's, there's a lot more going on than what you are fully getting. That being the case, 
you're moved with a kind of passion of desire. I want to, I want to get at that, but at the same time, you realize it's going to be hard to do so. And he says there's a kind of fear involved. So put those kind of four things together. Let's just quickly clump them. You see something. You see that there's more that you're not seeing. You want to see that, but there's a kind of fear that you won't be able to. You and I just like helped bring... me grow in wonder just even thinking about that definition from Aristotle. <laughs> Continue. Well, I, I want to put it all together and act it out for you. It's like, you know, you, you, see, a, you see a moon rise and, you just, and, 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 your, and your breath is taken away. from you. Going, oh. Well, that, it, 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 it's all going on right there because yeah. you, you, you've seen it. But part of it is just taking your breath away. It's just the sense of where did this come from? Like, what, what is with this moon? Yeah. And, and but so it's so it's it's moving you, it's moving you deeply, and you're stretching forth towards it. But there's that, but you know that 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 good, and it can be a a, a good fear, but it's also a fear. And that's I think that's the key element there. That's what can kind, of, kind of scare people off. They kind of have that moment of wonder, and they and they turn away because they don't know what to do with it. Well, if you allow yourself to continue with that wonder, can that help you grow in wisdom? Oh, Annie, Aristotle says that this reality that he's just described is the beginning of philosophy. Mm. And philosophy, of course, is not the study, the thing you study at college. For him, philosophy is, is, is simply the pursuit of wisdom. And so this is necessarily where it starts, but it's where it needs to start, but it doesn't mean it will start from that. So that's, that's the challenge. So as you put it, it can be the beginning. If we respond to it rightly, say, hey, this wonder that's arising in me, this is a call for me to go after something. So we become so jaded. I mean, you were talking about the moonrise, and how often do we not even look at the sky when we walk outside, you know, we're just we're so right. focused on our screens. We're so focused on whatever is going on in our lives that we we can't. What is it in Mary Poppins? You don't see past the end of your nose, something mm-hmm. along those mm-hmm. lines. Mm-hmm. We, we just get so used to things as we get older. So do you have any advice for those of us who are ad- adults and how to to foster a sense of wonder, to rediscover a sense of wonder in our lives? Well, I do. I mean, first of all, let's just take it to the top and say, let's 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 pray about this, Lord. Lord, you've designed me to be a creature of wonder. Help me, help me to rediscover that. Help me to recognize that is something I have to work on, and then take it to concrete things. I'll tell you a little thing that I do. Sometimes it's a little embarrassing, but when I walk out, I, and I live in the country here. It's it's so beautiful when I there's a certain spot at the end of my yard until I'm I'm going to my chores. When I get there, I've made a resolution. I just stop and I go down on one knee, mm. and I just look at I just look at the mountain, and I say and I say thank you, Lord. And I just I just take just a moment. You know, gratitude is is, is is a nice kind of bedfellow there with wonder. They, they go very much mm. together, and so so the little practices to try to remind ourselves, little things where we stop. We're just going to have to set concrete ways, and I have found that's a really helpful one. Choose a particular spot or a particular time to, to, to stop and just kind of raise our thoughts and heart in prayer and gratitude in, in a sense of wonder. What do you 
think about, particularly this time of year, Dr. Cutterback, as as we contemplate the the coming of Christ as as a baby in the manger, of course, but also as we contemplate the second coming of Christ, how can we better think of these mysteries with a sense of wonder? Well, that's that's a that's a great great question, and I think we begin by recognizing that's a key part of the design that this is a season of wonder, and out that's the way God wanted it to be. That's the why He designed it with the wonderful images yeah. that we have of the you know of the stable and the manger. And the, and the shepherds out there at night, and the stars, and the angels appearing, and the coming of the Magi. All, all, all these things are, are, are literally wonderful. They're, they're, they're amazing. And, and, and so then the practices that we have I mean, is such a big part, especially in the age in which we live, to have the, the practice of, of the, uh, the rituals and the decorating of the tree. Not to get lost in the tinsel. This is a fine line, right? Not, not to get into yeah. the chintzy. The, 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 what, what am I saying? You, you know, the, the, the stuff that's the, the trappings. Kind of, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's so, that's so cheap. But the things that are a, a sense of, of decorating and celebrating with a sense of beauty, that raises all of our hearts and minds in, in a kind of sense of wonder. Yeah. Beautiful. We've been talking to Dr. John Cutterback, and you can read more about this sense of wonder. Just search for it over at his website, life-craft.org. That's exactly what I did because I thought, I want to talk to Dr. Cutterback about this. So I searched for the word and found some stuff he wrote about it to get an excuse to invite him on the show today. Dr. Cutterback, I really appreciate it. Thanks for the excuse. Great to be with you, Anna. It was great to have you. You too, Doc. Thank you. All right. It is 13 till. We're back with Chris McGregor right after this. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support comes from On a Mission to Love for books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more, all deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Ken Herbert Plumbing. Ken Herbert Plumbing, a drain cleaning specialist, uses color drain cameras to help find and fix drainage issues. Ken Herbert Plumbing, for residential and commercial plumbing repair. 513-383-2974. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Chris McGregor from DiscerningHearts.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I am doing fine and uh, hope you are doing well. 
got a smile on my face after hearing Mother Angelica. Gotta love her. On that. That's one of my Advent things this year. I'm actually going back and listening. And every night uh, I've been watching a classic of Mother Angelica. It's the wisdom that comes out of that wo- woman's mouth. It's prophetic. Unreal. It's unreal. Oh, Absolutely. Gosh, holy, holy, holy. Speaking she. about wisdom coming out of mouths, we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about St. Ambrose of Milan today, our selection this week from the Office of Readings for the December 7th feast of St. Ambrose. And this man had a lot of wisdom. He was known for his preaching and I guess his letter writing as well. Oh, he was. He was so good that even before he was baptized, while he was still a catechumen, they wanted to make him bishop. (laughs) That's awesome. That just goes to show you. I mean, this is, he is so wonderful. And because he practiced what he preached, literally, especially in this particular passage, Uh it touched the ears of a young man named Augustine, whose mother, who had been fervently praying and had heard Ambrose speak, well, saints make saints, right? So Ambrose were very blessed to have this wonderful uh, bishop, saint, doctor, father of the church, who will be celebrating his feast day on Thursday. The honey-tongued doctor of the church, I believe he is known as. And uh, this is a letter that he wrote, correct? Well, yes, it is. I think it would, as it indicated from the very beginning, he's writing to another bishop. Mm-hmm. Is he writing to Augustine? I don't know. He's right, but he's writing to another bishop. And I think he's writing to all of us because in today's church, I mean, right now, he says, I mean, we all could take this to heart. Take firm hold of the rudder of faith so that the severe storms of this world cannot disturb you. Yeah. The sea is mighty and vast, but do not be afraid. And uh, and he reminds us that the church of the Lord is built upon the rock of the apostles among so many dangers in this world, therefore remains unmoved. Remember that, everybody. It's going to be okay. It's, it's unshakable. It's firm against the assaults of the raging sea, even though the sea looks pretty fierce, yeah. doesn't it? Sometimes those storms yeah, are pretty bad. It does. I mean, you think about the danger of water, of violent, turbulent water, but we as Christians have the waters of baptism to mm. to immerse us, right? And so, um, you know, Ambrose here telling this bishop who is receiving this letter to drink from Christ, to, to remember his baptism. That's right. And to allow the rivers that flow down from God and his saints, like a torrent, receive those. Take time. You know, the word is receive. A lot of times we're so busy or so rushing that we don't take that pause to allow God to pour into us his very spirit to be able to fill us so that as he uses in this um, his analogy, that it is no longer I who is going to speak, but that torrent of grace will flow out of me. I'll be so full like a well that whatever I will get what I need, but then it will flow out to others. But you got to take time to receive. And at, during Advent, this is a classic moment. All year long is important. But everyone is screaming, slow down, stop, and get ready. Yeah. Yeah. He writes, there is also a rushing river giving joy to the heart that is at peace and makes for peace. 
whoever has received from the fullness of this river, like John the Evangelist, Peter and Paul, lifts up his voice. Just as the apostles lifted up their voices and preached the gospel throughout the world, so those who drink these waters begin to preach the good news of the Lord Jesus. This reminds me, you know, when you were talking, is it St. Bernadette that had that quote about like being a well that needs to Mm -hmm. be filled and then it's like from the overflow, then you share that, that, that life of Christ well, if it wasn't, it should be only because of. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's St. Bernadette. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's so true. You know, you have to be able to take that time. You know, for example, yesterday I had such a crazy day, and it was I was just I was I was empty. Mm. I was totally I was walking around, and I my calendar said I had no time. But uh, Anna, I got in the car. I went to this reserve area. I sat by this lake and I watched deer. And I just went, I can't do this anymore, Lord. You got to help me. Mm. And he did. And you, as a young mom with all those beautiful children and the job that you have and the work that you have to do, you probably have less time than I do. And yet it's so obvious that you do take that time because what comes out of your mouth is words of wisdom, his wisdom. Well, you know, you have to do that, that, don't you. you? Yeah, I mean, it's it comes from sitting with the Lord. You have to take that time. I mean, my moments of silence are few and far between, often in the car when I don't have children with me. Mm-hmm. But those are the moments, you know, um, this is this is something that that I learned early on in motherhood. I'd love to to get your thoughts on this because you feel like you're constantly rushing around, that you you don't have any time. But when you do have those moments, even if it is just in the car, it occurred to me that's when I need to be praying my rosary because that's when I can I can sit in silence. I can't listen to I mean, I hate saying this. I can't listen to music. I can't listen to the radio. I need to use that time wisely because it might be the only time that I have in the day. That's when I need to be filled. That's right. There are a lot of people who are listening right now to Sacred Heart Radio and to EWTN. And this is one of those moments where uh, Ambrose is saying, okay, receive wisdom, read much, understand, Mm -hmm. and then take that time. You know, it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do in just moments. Yep. But you gotta, we gotta make a place to receive it. For sure. Thank you so much, Chris McGregor. You can find discerninghearts.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. That'll do it for this edition of the Sunrise Morning Show on the Feast of St. Ambrose. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Until then, for Matt Swain, Paul Lockman, Travis Smith, I'm Anna Mitchell. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support is for MediShare. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. 
For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too. For over 30 years, it's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing, too. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another $150 savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but just call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And remember, the deadline is December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Here's the number, 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE, 844-55-BIBLE. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping, 513-271-2332 or on the web at wimberglandscaping.com. That's wimberglandscaping.com. The Christmas Means Life campaign encourages you to add another person to your Christmas list, the baby Jesus, as represented by women and children in need by making a donation to your local pregnancy center. Another option is to support the JP2 Life Center, committed to saving lives with free pregnancy help services, holistic OBGYN care, and education programs. Find out more at jpiilifecenter.org. That's jpiilifecenter.org. Because Christmas means life. I am Father Rufino Ezama, the Provincial Superior of the Comboni Missionaries. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Catholic Connection is a co-production.